1: Today's
2: Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at
3: morebeer.com. I poured in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on your You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. There's uh, some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, man. it's, it's going to really be good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that
4: brings expert brewers together with,
3: well, expert
4: drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session.
0: So we have a cool show for you guys tonight. We have Jesse and Phil from Almanac Brewing Company. They're a local uh, brewery. They're a gypsy brewery, and I'm pretty stoked to talk to them about that. Um, but before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. They support this show. They support a lot of our shows. They've been doing this show since literally since day one, and we wouldn't be here without them. We can't thank them enough for doing everything uh, in their power to keep us on the air for great radio like you just heard. I'm sure it's very exciting very exciting for me to say things Uh, support those who support us you'll hear a few words over the program over the next couple hours Uh, we literally wouldn't be here without them as well so buy some stuff from them support the people who put us on the air man we uh, we really appreciate we've been around for 11 years and uh, a lot of it is due to support of our sponsors but most of it is due to you guys supporting our sponsors so we really appreciate that uh, last but not least, there's a big-ass uh, festival in Norway, uh, their third annual beer fest. It's called the What's Brewing Fest. It's being held from October 20th to the 23rd. And Justin and Tasty will both be up there. That should be pretty cool. I'm still bummed out that I'm missing that festival, but uh, I think uh, uh, Tasty is a better proxy. Uh, he, he'd, he'd have much more fun than I probably would um, hanging out up there in Norway. Haven't you been there before?
5: Oh, no, I haven't been there.
1: Oh, I thought you did a collaboration with a brewery up in oh, somewhere no, down there. No, not yet. Oh,
5: I'm gonna be
0: doing. That. I thought I thought you did. No, you have no, done I, a couple like remote collabs <laughs> though, right?
5: I've did like yeah, remote collab. Are we making like, that up? An email collab. Yeah, with uh, Thomas Franson in uh, Momo Sweden. Oh, oh. Sweden. IP, okay. IPA once, and then
0: what's the difference between Sweden and Norway? Uh, Besides, uh, like, different letters and shit.
5: Well, uh, Malmö, Sweden is, like, 35, oh, sorry, minutes, no, 35 minutes
0: from Copenhagen
6: Airport. They're different countries.
0: Yeah. But Long they're, Islanders. like, I mean, that's, like, isn't it, like, Pacheco and Martinez? They're kind of the same city, but not really. How far apart are they? Do we know? <laughs> no. They're far okay. away from here. <laughs> they're far enough away. That's true. Anyway. Yes, I'll be there. Well, that's cool. Are you going, yeah. to, are you going to be doing any brewing uh, while you're over there?
5: Just a, a
0: collaboration in, uh, in
5: Malmö, Sweden, and then Token Nyan from uh, Outland, and he wants me to fly to Paris to do one with him.
1: Oh, yeah.
5: Oh, oh okay. okay. That'd be cool. Yeah.
6: The, the guy who's been here yeah. a couple times? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's a nice man.
5: That'd be cool. What are you going to make? <laughs> uh, some sort of dank beer in, uh, at Mama Brewing Company. Okay. And, and, and uh, probably the tasty beer that... Uh, he has a beer called Tasty. In Paris, that uh, he brews. I'll
0: probably brew that with him. Is it called, ta- uh, sorry, is it called Tasty in Paris? Because that sounds like a it's fucking called, romance novel. It's called Tasty. And this. I kind of want to read it.
5: I don't know how that flies in Europe, but uh, okay. yeah, it's got my Tasty logo on the bottle.
0: Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's called Tasty in Paris. Yeah, it's in Paris. Okay. It's I just, I just. That's weird. Are you confused? I just want to be clear. The name of the beer is called Tasty in Paris. No, 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 no. It's called. No,
6: it's called Tasty, Tasty, Tasty and it lives in I, Paris.
0: I understand that, it, that it's brewed by a French company in Paris. I understand that, but I was clarifying the name. Tasty and t- can we change it? Let's call Yan and tell him to change it to Tasty in Paris because I, I like that oh. better. Well, it might be better. Actually. Doesn't you it sound put a little
6: like a beret on your your little sticker?
0: No problem. <laughs> I get my artist right
6: on. I think that'd be awesome, actually.
0: <laughs> no, dress him up like a fucking mime. <laughs> Put the white face on with That's the striped shirt and the beret.
5: I was a little uncomfortable. My logo is being used in Paris. I'll just have a different one for each country.
7: Yes.
0: yes.
1: Yeah, I'm getting it. Instead of a beard, have the little like mustache. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, black, like, black, like, black, like, black. like, uh, uh the the pencil, pencil mustache. Yeah, just look online for, like, every stereotypical yeah. thing from every country you're going to be, uh, Kim is in here, by the way. Kim, would you, you want to have a seat? You want to, you, you look uncomfortable standing. He could hold a baguette or Oh, a let
6: me get you some headphones.
0: She doesn't need headphones. She can hear just fine, right, Kim? Everybody Let's take headphones. a few calls. <laughs> yeah. <Yuck>. Caller,
4: <laughs>
0: You have a Go question ahead. for Kim. Oh, Kim. Oh, man. Kim, how do you respond to the caller? Whoa. Hi, caller. <laughs> There's no collar. <laughs> <laughs> fooled you? Wow. Who are you talking to? Yeah, Warren just fooled you, dude. Isn't everyone a
8: collar in life
0: though? At some point. Mm. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to answer that question. Ignore it. <laughs> uh, Kim just had a birthday. Didn't you do a bunch of weird shit? Didn't you, were you like off like on the moon or something? <laughs> Weren't you doing stuff?
8: I got my first tattoo.
0: Oh, got... how did my face look rendered in black and, and white it. on it's flesh?
8: Jeez, come on. Oh, shit. Should have known better.
0: Yeah, right. Go big. So you got the (laughs) portrait we drew of your boyfriend tattooed on you? (laughs) Too soon, Warren. Come on, get. Why aren't you plugged into the? Well, no, that was
1: her dream. Like her husband is who we drew.
0: Oh yeah, the um, the uh, um, the pinnacle. Yes. Yes. Her dream husband. Right. I think
8: that's what you saw for me, not <laughs> yes. my dream. Yes. it's what you hope that I end up with.
0: Yeah, uh, well, because like most people would say, "Oh, she desperately needs a guy with a hook for a hand," and we said, "No, no, an anchor." And I think that was we're we're going next level for you. Yeah. I
8: did like the boomerang dildo.
0: <laughs> well, it has to come back to you. On the arrow day, really, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but you went to like Nashville or something.
8: Uh, I went to Nashville earlier this month. Yeah, oh my God, it's amazing. Is it um,
4: still Not there, the huh? biggest
8: beer town, uh, but they call it Nash Vegas there. So it's it's basically like. Of course they do. You can do a drinking game of how many bachelorette parties you see. It's kind of ridiculous. Really? Yes, and they're all in their matching outfits. Like they are either rhinestone outfits or hot pink outfits, and there are groups of them. They As they should math. be.
1: Wow. Well, so it has nothing to do with casinos not being there.
8: Lots of music, lots of cheap drinks. Oh, okay. And cowboy boots, which women love. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> myself included. I don't know why, but there's a thing about it.
0: Did you buy a pair of cowboy boots?
8: I already owned I, a pair of cowboy you
1: got, boots. you've know, fat ankles, it certainly hides it. That's
8: for sure. <laughs> I went in prepared.
1: Yeah. It gives you good support for line dancing. Yeah. Good ankle support.
0: I I will be honest with you. There's something about cowboy boots that has always interested me, interested me, and I really want to buy a pair. So every time I'm like at a store, it sounds weird, but like a a vintage store, because I'm super hip. Right. Um... And I see like a bunch of cowboy boots for like twenty five bucks, like thirty bucks, and they're all broken in and whatever. And I'm like, I, I think I might try to, I and I I don't even put them on because I would feel too uncomfortable because I'm not like a cowboy. How do you? You're not a cowgirl. How do you settle with that?
8: You know, I don't know. I, I have multiple personalities, so it must accommodate one of them.
0: <laughs> is this clinical or is this just like self diagnosed Okay, all right, fair enough. But Nashville, what's cool, not the biggest beer town.
8: Not the biggest beer town. Um, They have some fun breweries. I went to a few. uh, But, you know, just like everywhere else, it's growing. You see some places that are pretty big that have been there for a while Mm -hmm. that are getting people into it, like Yazoo. That was a really fun experience.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah,
8: which I see they're going to be on the Sour Hour.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, of course, we know everything that's going on here at the Burn York. I looked at the
6: Google calendar.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't do that.
6: They're recording on the 19th.
8: Boom. There you go.
0: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom! Fooled you again. Uh, well, that's cool. And they had good beard. Uh, I've heard of them. That's um, Brandon. Isn't that what the fuck yes, is that out. guy's name? Yes,
6: they're going to be here. Yes. I don't know anything else.
0: Yeah, no, he's When's like a listener. Here? He's like a he's like a being dude. October? I've talked to him a few times about getting him on. Am I? Come on, I, we
8: can look up his name.
0: I'm look, I'm going to do it right now because I'm very confused.
8: We're actually Facebook friends. I should know this.
0: Yeah, uh, Jones. You yeah, know,
1: you know all your Facebook friends' last
0: name. Not the married ones. Screw them. <laughs> uh, Brandon Jones. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he's a BN guy, I think. I don't know. I'm friends with him on Facebook, but I don't know. I've never met the guy. God, you. It's one both. of those things, right? Uh, well, that's cool. Be, I've talked to him a bunch of times about getting him on this show. Uh, apparently, he's too good for us. We're uh, we're not the People new People
8: skip right over this yeah. one, just or, straight to the sour hour.
1: <laughs> or maybe he's just more free on Wednesdays instead
8: of all Mondays.
0: Right. Maybe maybe that's do
1: you what really it's think it is? It's the latter one. I think it's a scheduling like, thing.
0: I like how Warren thinks today. Yeah. For well, right now at this moment in time, whenever it has to do with with uh, uh, this show not being good yeah, enough, you
1: don't want to agree with me all day.
0: No, I get bored. Right. It's very boring. (laughs) It's very boring being right all the time. Yes. And being friends with somebody who's right all the time. Oh, it's too much being right.
6: (laughs) Um, Blobber in the chat said that Brandon is the one with the lunch meat shirt. He was supposed to hand it off, but he kept it.
1: What? The one Brandon with the lunch meat
6: shirt? We only have one one lunch meat shirt?
8: (laughs) There's only been one ever in the history of...
1: Does he mean the ass hat? There's one and only
0: one. I thought Nico had the ass hat. Does he not have? It? I don't know. And that was a cool thing. Like, hey, let's send this around, and then it got lost at some point along the she chain on. because it relied on on someone on the show to track it, and uh, that's never gonna happen. It showed so.
1: up at the San Diego
0: NHC. I know that. When, so a year really? and a half ago, oh, yeah, really? it was around. Huh. I don't remember who had was it. Was it the original one, or was it like a knockoff, like a Chinese knockoff? Oh, I thought it was the original. I don't know. Ass- I got ass hat real cheap right here. <laughs> yeah. How many you want? <laughs> yeah. And say Gucci on if you want. It's fine. G-U-C-H-I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, good. I'm glad you had fun in Nashville. Did you go to the Country Western Hall of Fame? or Why I did go to the Hall of Fame. You did? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, everyone
8: asked me that. I, I went with two girlfriends, and we wanted to the, go.
0: It's the only thing anybody knows about Nashville, except now cowboy boots.
8: <laughs> That's true. Lots of cowboy boots in Yazoo.
0: And Yazoo. Yazoo. Girls in short dress? <laughs> bachelorette parties.
8: That. Yeah. Go for the bachelorette parties.
0: Like, it's like, uh, Stay for the b- b- beer. Like Stay for the boots. Trouble Rock and Monkey
5: Head Nights. Like. You
8: know what I liked most about really? Nashville? Yeah. Is that because it's so humid there, it is socially acceptable to be dripping sweat and no one says anything. No one cares about like being wet in the face yeah. all over. It's cool. phenomenal. Yeah, I just yeah. want to
0: go where I can sweat. I just want
8: to go where it's socially acceptable.
0: <laughs> she- I'm <wanna> re- going <laughs> to rewrite like, the Cheers yeah. to, like, song to that, but talking about sweat. You know, I felt the same way about being in Florida uh, when I went to Disney World last year because it was so hot and you kind of look around and everyone has that v-shaped wetness pattern on their their front and back yeah everyone's shiny and i'm like you know i feel like a like weird sweaty family it's it's very strange but like nobody's looking at you like fuck that dude's sweaty i know it's like you walk down the street here and you see a like a super sweaty person like their hair sticking to their forehead You, you might need to call an ambulance because they're gonna keel over and die. That's very out of the norm. I mean, norm, I have a sweater,
8: but... so I felt right at home.
0: You I, were wearing a sweater. Yeah,
8: they say they say how women don't sweat; they glow. You are and a sweater, right? I sweat. Yeah. Legit sweat.
1: You're like neon. <laughs> Your day glow. <laughs> um. Are you talking about how sweaty you are? The kid. The kid, <clears throat> kid tries. He's, right. he's got the better drugs. The kid tries. <laughs> what are you doing? Over
8: there? Shoulder. Back. I
6: don't sweat, actually.
0: I don't you sweat don't either, sweat. dude. I, I, I really don't. Like, like even get, when like, I work
6: out, my face will get tight, but it doesn't sweat.
8: That doesn't sound healthy.
6: It's probably not. That's, I'm probably I'm dying. Not sure,
8: that's not right.
0: I don't like poor sweat either. Like I'll get like sticky sweat and be like, oh yeah, this is gross. And then that's it, though.
8: Is this just me?
1: Uh,
0: Maybe
8: do I have a condition? I'm not. I prefer.
1: I'd, I'd much rather live in Antarctica so that way nobody sweats ever.
8: Well, you have to the, shield yourself from the sun.
1: Don't you have to do that anywhere where there's daylight?
0: <laughs> not, not most people were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, but I have to everywhere, so why He's does not that tasty?
8: He's alabaster.
1: Oh!
0: She almost Whoa. dumped a beer on your balls,
1: you dude. She almost pulled a Bevo and spilled my beer all over me.
6: <laughs> that happened one time. I was one, really happy to see you.
0: Once was too many,
1: dude. Speaking of beer and beardy, did you did
5: you see the guy at GMBF? Did you see pictures of that guy who had his beard, like, product up? Spelled beer? No. like six-inch letters. No. I did yes. not see that. Really? I'd be, um, yeah, I've got to look that
0: up. Please do, because uh, not that I don't believe you. No, I, b- no. I believe it. But, um. Huge, big letters. Yeah. What is with that? I mean, look, I guess if you got the beard, you might as well do something with it. Well, if
1: you have a big beard, you might as well try to attract more attention to yourself.
0: <laughs> right. More like into the l- topical. The last thing Warren wants is to is to get more attention from having just facial hair. <laughs> right. Yeah. But That's you what still I need in my but, life. but you like it and you want to keep it, but it's just like
1: I like my beard, not the attention. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I don't want to sculpt it into th- shapes. <laughs> hey, l- hey, you're not looking at me enough. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let me get this. Hey, why don't you come across the street and yell at me some more?
6: <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I was only halfway paying attention because I was typing. But are we talking about the guy at JABF had his beard yeah. flat yes. ironed into the word beard? Apparently, yeah. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I was like, how How much time did that take? And
0: at the end of the day, I feel like with like that crowd, I feel like it would just sag and start spelling like boor or something. Like it would just start it was just falling just a apart. A weepy
6: beard, poor.
0: Yeah, the it R, pretty the R, the R might have been having a little trouble, but the
5: the E's and the B, oh man, that they were a, straight up. That
6: was a mega hold hairspray. It uh, was good.
5: Yeah, I don't understand how they do that. It just seems like it'd be a mess.
6: No, I think no, it's,
5: like the E, they make a strand on one side and then the other, so you sound like. You don't have to have all that length. Well, right, you but I mean, do how that. do you get
1: your how do you get your beard back to normal after having all that wax or <laughs> whatever? Whatever's in
2: there, you cut it off. Yeah, I with guess. like I guess it's a one way one time like
0: use. Palmolive or Dawn or something to cut the grease. It's hairspray, it bro. Been, yeah, it uh, can't just, be all hairspray to do n- sculpting yes, you know, you like that. You Spray it
6: and then you flat iron it with you make it really hot and then you like mold yeah. it into where you want it. And then it will dry and solidify that way. No, really? I don't.
0: I don't think for like sculpting words. Let's into talk your about hair. people who
6: have hair and who don't, who know about this topic.
0: Wow! First of all, winning. Oh. But your hair s- still moves. It, I, I feel I don't like use
6: hairspray. But if I did, I could make it stiff. to Get Look, of it could happen. Get out prove of here. it
0: you Hi. find it, Tacey? Spell beer with your yeah. hair. Did you find it? I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay. Ain't nobody got
8: time for
5: that? I got Are fact-checking? This I is like,
8: check. this is the day we're fact-checking. I just, just want, well,
0: so if the here's the thing. queen of social media here. I don't know why she can't. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just want to see a picture of the You're dude. You're not friends with the guy? But, the <laughs> I, I, I saw the, uh, someone, married, Ted so I someone, don't know. someone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the Rare Barrel had pictures,
5: they were posing with him, a bunch of people were
0: posing. Wow. I feel like you can make a lot of money being a four-letter word billboard, you know. Like, dogs! And then you're at, like, a Humane Society event. I
8: see, I see a fellow with a hop beard.
0: Oh, it's the shape of a hop?
8: It's the shape of a hop.
0: Oh, my nice God. Dog. What is happening?
8: <laughs> All I did was Google beer beard G-A-B-F.
0: <laughs> and you you got a, a pretty close I got hit, a pseudo. Man.
8: I, it's pseudo, right?
0: Right. All right. Well, God no, bless this kid, whoever he is. You're
5: getting a lot of pictures.
8: See, you know? I'm, trying. I'm trying. Yeah, you're doing good.
5: Damn it. I'm surprised I didn't show up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, you would no. think it'd be like all over the place. Oh, yeah. Whatever. All right, let's do some feedback. All right. I still don't have the uh, the um, theme music, but whatever. LeGana Who cares?
8: Jackson song feedback?
0: Oh yeah. What? what? Didn't Doc okay, send it to you? Real song. Doc said he was gonna first hold that thought. Doc said he was gonna do it, but he couldn't get his email to work. His AOL wouldn't let him send a, a file that large. Right. Oh,
6: my gosh, why does he still have AOL? <laughs>
0: I don't know. It's been hacked like three times.
6: <laughs> like it's He's like, whatever. I'm always like, Doc, what's your email? Scott at AOL.com.
0: But it's like one T. It's not I even two Ts. I don't know what it is, but I'm just yeah. like, two was taken. You need to stop. Yeah, there was someone with two Ts. <laughs> so every once in a while, he will get some weird fucking email about, hey, great party last night. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Uh, This uh, email is from Rob. He says, good noon, BN. Uh, Too soon. Um, I won the BN Army More Beer giveaway a couple of months ago. Living in Belgium, a $100 gift certificate would have only covered the shipping cost to Belgium. Luckily, uh, I planned a vacation to the U.S. and was able to get some More Beer homebrew goodies delivered to the hotel. So thank you very much and keep up the great shows. Greetings from the amazing Wooden Robot Brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina north Carolina. well that's cool that's a good way to uh, you know i don't want to say work the system but uh good for you dude i like that you don't give it away because we we've had a couple of uh, international folks win that before the hundred all used to so if you're uh, uh um uh, if you donate to the be an army which i always forget to mention on the show um you're entered in the monthly drawing for that too so um you know donate, become a recurring donor, uh, anyway, uh, oh. but we've had a couple of European listeners win and they go like why well, it's it's I use too much, I can't use it of the because shipping shipping of the shipping and all that kind of stuff, yeah, and the taxes and whatever, but this guy's like, well fuck, I'll just go to the u s
1: makes sense. He moved yeah. to the u
0: <laughs> yeah, s so,
1: so I might as well move it's worth
5: it to yeah.
0: me, <laughs> super uh, worth it
5: speak, speaking of recurring donors, I had a burr come up to me uh. Well, I was in Denver, yeah. And said, as soon as they they uh, start having some black ink, they're going to be uh, you know sign up as uh, big donors.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Be sure to um, you know give them my email, please. Tell am them like
5: you know right. great, let us let us know you did, yeah. and we'll certainly you know let you know make a big deal out of it because it is a big deal.
0: Yeah, it is.
5: Yeah. I wish we had a hundred of them.
0: Yeah, right, Kim. What did you What did you just? I feel like you sent me something. You No, did, I wouldn't do that. No. You I did the. Whatever you didn't send me anything.
8: I, I, I just said I didn't. Now
0: no. his feelings are hurt that you didn't send him anything. Right. Well, why you don't you, the, you want to send him anything? Like like, would
8: you, know, you like? Would you like me to send you a little something? Something?
0: Yeah. Yes. Right now? Yes. Well, you, you did like the. Um, what, what is
8: your channel? What is your channel?
0: You did like the finger pistol. Yes, you? I did. And, then you, and you clicked at me, and I feel like that you don't do Tell that. Tell me where. Tell me where JP. I don't
8: know. Where my, do you want it? to
0: my AOL address, please. A S L. Yeah. Please do. Uh, okay. This one is from. Uh, Pete, actually, it's from Sweet Seattle Pete. Oh, that Pete. Right. Not just normal Pete, but yeah. creepy Pete. This is creepy Pete. Sweet Seattle <laughs> uh, He says, Hey, nerds. First of all, you guys fucking rock. I just found out about you guys six months ago, and I've been working my way through the archives eight hours a day, five days a week at work. Ugh. And That's for a some... normal work week.
6: That's a lot Dude. of us, though.
0: And for some reason, I'm not sick of you yet. We should all get married, he says. Except me I don't know how things work in Washington Uh, I don't know either But but that's a lot of fucking I can't I I barely binged uh, Luke Cage On Netflix for over two days Or three days There's no way that I could listen to the same thing For five days, eight hours each day I couldn't do it Well, it's better than work, maybe Well, that's true There's no maybe about that, Warren That's definitely true in fact, let's just listen to an old show now instead of doing this show. Oh, that sounds so great. You, know, <laughs> you think about that. Yeah, anyone would do. Anyone. <laughs> I think it would be, be Last amazing. Last week. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, he says, uh, but I'm right at the third anniversary party brewcast episode at Downtown Joe's with Colin. Wasn't that our fourth anniversary? Right. Wasn't third at uh, the Bistro?
6: No, that was the second.
0: That was the se- Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. um i can 't love you guys enough, he says. I have yet to listen live, but from a brief glance at the forum i 've gathered that Doc is no longer with the show <laughs> doc hasn 't been with the show for like nine years yeah. he 's been here. Is a loose term <laughs> he 's been here uh, he's catching a lot he 's catching up on his sleep here, so that's that 's good he 's an older guy uh, he says bummer i 'm still freaking out anyway i 'm not going to lick your assholes anymore. Uh, That's too bad I I actually have a legit brewing question And I showered today too That sucks. Uh, I'm a new 5 gallon all grain brewer And my cooler mash tun has a false bottom That holds about a gallon of water below the screen level Uh, Pay attention Tasty I feel like I won't know the answer to this Uh, I've been adding an extra gallon More than I calculate that I need Of strike water to my mash tun So that I don't have any dry grain at the top of my vessel And then I've been sparging with one less gallon To compensate for that is this extra gallon making my mash too thin, or is there a better way to go about this? Well, oh. I feel like, how do I know?
5: First of all, what's the problem with dry grain? Um, why, do, why do you have to end your mash yeah. with uh, water on top of the, of the grain? What, what's wrong with it ghost it goes dry? It's, it's the last time through. I could see you wouldn't want it to go dry in the middle of
1: your sparge, but at the end of the sparge, who cares? Well, no, he's, you add it at the beginning, so that way your grain isn't sitting dry no, at the I'm, beginning of your mash.
5: Oh, the beginning? No, I thought it was the way he was
0: sparging. He's, a, he's, a he's, he's
1: asking if underletting is necessary. Oh, I didn't, which that's not what I got out of. I'm sorry. Oh,
5: well, that's
0: what I thought I, I thought it was uh, he's not adding enough water to compensate for how much grain he's using, so he'll have grain at the top of his mash bed that isn't even getting wet during his mash. But maybe you guys are each taking something different away from that. I don't know. No, I. I Honestly, I have no idea. Let me read it again. Um, His cooler mash has a false bottle that holds about a gallon of water below the screen level. He's been adding an extra gallon of strike water so that I don't have dry grain to the top of my vessel and then sparging with one less gallon to compensate.
1: Because he's sparging with one less gallon because he's adding one originally. So that way he yeah. doesn't end with no, no, another gallon right. of, of right. wort when he's done running right. off.
0: Okay, so here's here's the line that, that clears it up. Is this extra gallon making my mash too thin? So if you had... So if you had, full, He's full, his greens all wet at the beginning. Yes, beginnings. right, right.
5: Okay. And uh, because he thinks he may have put too much water in, compensating for... Not clear, sure what right
0: now. I don't know either.
5: Well, because right. you know, he made a really thin mesh Yeah. For no reason other than. Well, he well, well he's no, asking no. if he
0: did, and I don't, he know. don't know. No
5: sparge. No, no what he's sparges. Saying, he's
1: I think sparges. what he's saying is, if he's shooting for one and a half quarts a pound, he's got ten pounds of grain. He's putting in fifteen quarts. If one of one gallon of that goes below the screen, he would have. Most likely, a little bit of grain that would be above the liquid surface level. So I mean, that's why he's underletting. I mean, you but should compensate. technically. That's making a little bit thinner mash because there's fifteen quarts plus the one mm. gallon underneath the screen. So he's wondering if that's throwing off his liquor to grist ratio and yeah. making an actual difference, right? In the efficiency of his mash and all that stuff. Which the answer is not really right, if that's what he's asking.
0: Okay. I mean I've always been taught to measure from the the false bottom up. So like all that dead right. space is just you don't count that in. Well no, but you're supposed to fill that with water. Right. Yes. Right.
1: So that's what he, he's like, is that messing with his mash liquor to grist
0: ratio? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think it would. Because it's all because it's not being it's not in contact with the grains, right? So it's not well, no, but it's, that, it's like effectively not really there. Well, but I that guess.
1: liquid is getting enzymes and starches and everything mixed in so it is yeah. coming into play okay. But that's just something that's just a variable that's a, that's different between brew system to brew system and you have to compensate when you move a recipe to a different brewery and so since it's the same for him every time unless he's having issues it's just something that he has to do
0: every time the same okay sure kim does that sound right yeah all right Sounds good. Uh, He says, also, fun fact, I hooked up with a chick a couple of weeks ago from Concord. (laughs) Is that (laughs) that a fun fact? Uh, And apparently she was fucking someone who worked at the Hop Grenade for a while. Bonus. (laughs) Yours truly, sweet Seattle Pete. So now he's an Eskimo brother. Do we know anybody whose girlfriend went to Seattle recently?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can we break some news to somebody right now?
0: (laughs) Apparently Bev... uh, Apparently, Bev knows somebody.
5: I
6: do. Oh!
0: Uh-oh. Apparently, we should let's just move on. Yeah. Kind of that. Yeah, Although yeah. I really, who was it? Well, tell me. We won't tell anybody. Okay. Um, This is to the Brewing Network team I just wanted to express my sincerest Gratitude for your live coverage of the 2016 GABF This year I was fortunate enough to enter the Pro-Am category but having a 7 month old at the house whose name is Porter I didn't have the financial means to make the Pilgrimage from Texas to Beer Mecca I was ecstatic to see that the Brewing Network was going to live stream the award Ceremony and immediately glued Myself to the computer screen eagerly Awaiting the Pro-Am results How It's gotta hurt to, like, remove yourself well, from the screen. Like, yeah, you, might, you, you
1: might regret that now. You are done. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, kind of... It's hard to type with a corner of my nose. Um, thanks to luck, fate, judges that didn't know any better, I took first place with my rye pale ale. Wow, look at you. Oh. Nice. All right. Nice. Entered on the Bring Network. Oh, no, that doesn't happen. Um, being able to see the results live was incredibly awarding, incredibly awarding. He said that, <laughs> as opposed to hearing about the medal via text and living vicariously through my friends at the festival. I just wanted to say thanks for helping me feel like I was really at the fest and helping me experience a once-in-a-lifetime achievement. Cheers, y'all, Cliff. Well, good job, Cliff. Nice. Congratulations, my friend. You, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you earned it. Um, my pro am beard didn't win a couple years ago, but that's fine. <laughs> Tasty, do you do pro am beers? Why don't you do pro am beers? I don't do amateur. Anymore. Oh, shit. He's wow. an amateur. Burn. I, I feel like uh, that, well, that, that called for two snaps that's and a short, fucking twist. A short I stopped entering competitions. Okay. So
5: I make him out of retirement. Uh, I'm going to you know, help the... Uh, Is
0: the homebrewing world ready for this? <laughs> fucking bomb. It's
5: going to be a, a mild statement. I'm going to try to help the, our local homebrew club, Doe's, uh, you know, if I can win a couple medals in the first round, that'd be
0: great. What? So you're jumping ship. You're jumping the Brewing Network ship. Well,
5: was he ever he on never oh, had the never ended, Network? No, I never entered another the Network. Only, under, oh. uh, only Internet does.
6: But I thought the first okay. round medals didn't count.
5: Not anymore. No, I mean. but if you get into the second round, Oh, you you're right, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Then you got a chance to win a medal. In the okay, round.
6: I'm sorry. I yeah. I just thought you were like, I'll just try to win some first round medals. No,
5: I'm a realist. I've, I've done a lot of competitions. So I know I'll need to enter some local, you know, regional competitions yeah. to get my, you know, get to my get game going up. here. Yeah, Get my game going here. So once I do that, then. I was doing a collab with Rare Brew. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I was like,
5: because <laughs> I don't do rare sweet sour beers. And who, yeah, how, can you imagine it take me another year or two to get a sour beer?
0: Right. I well, I sort of did one for my wedding, my wedding beer, but it was like a dry I guess, hop thing. you ever did a goza in,
5: in place? Do they care what you've done, program? Yeah. Do they care what category you placed in? Does that have to be in that category?
0: Uh huh. Oh sorry, yeah. No. Well, shit. Yeah, it has to be in the category. Is yeah. That category. Yeah. Really?
5: It's judged against the uh, style
0: descriptor. Yeah.
5: So I'm just talking about. If you win an amateur medal in, say, pale ale, mm-hmm. can I go and enter in sour beer?
0: No. Can't. No. It has to be the same beer.
5: Same style.
0: Fuck. Yeah. I think so. Yes. It's the it is. Yeah. Because yes. yeah. yeah. it's the
5: homebrewer's recipe. Right. Yeah. on a right. commercial. System.
0: Right. And it's that specific that's one where you don't too. It, that's
5: where it doesn't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so I might do some regionals.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun.
5: Yeah. Tell so me. Uh, I get asked all the time. You want to do a program? In fact, that's what they wanted to do at Central Coast Brewing when I did the uh, session IPA with him. And uh, and they they went to enter under that. I go, no, I, I can't. And they said, fine, we'll just enter and win whatever our regular beers. So it's one of the five beers they entered in GABF. Oh yeah. They won two medals. Uh, nice. And uh, we really thought ours had a good chance. The beer's really good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It was poured on the floor of the JBF, too.
0: Just right on the floor? I feel like it's a slipping (laughs) hazard. Stop it. It was that good. Uh, Everybody stood in line and just dumped it right on the floor (laughs) in protest.
5: (laughs) Yeah. That's the first time I ever had that habit. I've done a lot of collabs. It's the first time I've ever had one. Uh, Because usually they're one-offs, right? Sure, yeah. They were never going to make it to the JBF to be poured. Yeah. But this is a beer they're going to keep for a while.
0: Awesome. Yeah. What's it called?
5: Facilitator. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Wasn't that at the hop? Was that here? Oh, yeah, it, we had a
5: uh, sixth here when it came out the first batch. Oh okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, I've rolled the in video. with a growler here or two, here and there too No, so.
0: oh, I've never he been. I've never been here up. when you have done that. So that's well, weird. That's pretty rare. Yeah, it's like the Ray barrel. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what. I think we should probably take a break. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. We're we're still going to talk about the GABF because there's a lot of like BN family that uh, that won some stuff, and I want to talk to Sully as well because uh, he he made some big moves at the GABF, and then uh, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, judging at the GABF and kind of how that goes because it's very different from from homebrew judging, and and I feel like maybe not everybody. Not everybody knows that, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to chat with Jesse and Philip from Almanac Brewing Company. We're going to talk about beers. We're going to drink some beers, and uh, you know, like that. It's the session. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcast on the Brewing Network.
0: Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A, and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of
3: Monks Blood. Blood. The 21st
0: Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated
7: with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the brewing network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck JP.
3: The Vault, created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to home brewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these Strains which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit Whitelabs.com/slash the vault.
2: Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. are back it is a 401
0: beer what Everyone, thanks for hanging out, sticking with us. We got the boys from Almanac here in the studio. But before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about. We have a cool new. So from time to time, we do uh, what's called uh, an iBuy on the uh, on the Brewing Network store. And so we have a cool shirt for you uh, this time. It's called the California Flag T. Let me see where did I have all those notes for it there it is right here um, it is being released I think today the pre uh, it's a pre-order only that's how it works so you go on the site and you pre-order the shirt and then they get printed up after the pre-order ends and then shipped to you and everything's great so you go to uh, codisibuy.com slash the brewing network there's three different styles each one has multiple color options all that kind of stuff and it's like the you know the California state flag but with a hop grenade on it all stylized and everything like that so uh, you can get them in colored shirts or or the, um, the three-quarter sleeve, like baseball tees. And, of course, the uh, the tank top. Of course. Of course. you got to have the tank top versions, right? Right. right? That's
1: actually all I wear now.
0: Just tank tops? Yep. <laughs> all day, every day. I can't tell if you're wearing one now because you're wearing a white shirt. And I don't know if it's just your pale shoulders. Exactly. Yeah. Or not.
1: It's, well, my skin is so blinding right. that I just look white. Right. All of it. So... And usually people put graphics in, like, the chest area, so my beard covers what you would actually be able to see.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I feel like we we should have uh, T-shirts for brewers, especially uh, that are uh, follically gifted mm-hmm. as yourself, where it just has the logo, like, lower.
1: Yes. And I think it would be nice to even put something underneath where the beard goes that mm-hmm. would say, grow beard here. So mm-hmm. then for the people that, if they are so inclined to buy one, people understand why the logo is at someone's belly button
0: That's true you Because can, you if could, you have a
1: beard Then it doesn't matter You can cover it word. up Yeah, exactly You should do no whatever you want No one of the words there anyway Smart so, Smart, right. That way it's a broader audience For those people that <laughs> wish they had beards Yeah That's a
0: much more narrow audience Oh But you're
1: doing great Thank you <laughs> it's my million dollar idea. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Uh, anyway, check it out, Codis. I buy. It's just the letter I, right? Dot uh, com slash the Brewing Network, and uh, get in on some of that pre order stuff, man. Okay, so we have Jesse and Philip. Philip or Phil? Phil's great. Yeah. Phil. Okay, you gotta get on that mic though, Phil. There you go. Uh, from Almanac, how you guys doing? Good. How you doing? Perfect. Why I'm can't faster. I Here. There we go. Now try that again.
9: I'm doing good. There oh, we go. I can hear myself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, doing great.
0: When everything's working, it's 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 working well, man. So you guys are are did you guys both start Almanac? Are you both owners or what's what do you guys what do you, what do each you do,
9: you do? Uh, no, I started Almanac okay. uh, with my business partner Damian Fagan. He's the CEO and head designer. Okay. Uh, and two of us started together.
0: And Phil is our barrel manager and brewer. Oh, nice. Yeah, you guys do a lot of barrel stuff, right? A little yeah. big, big barrel program going on. Was that? Kind of your first uh, passion, I guess, is just working with wood, working with barrels. That was kind of just the direction you've always wanted to go?
9: Yeah, our first beer that we ever released was a barrel-aged blackberry beer, actually. And so right from the top, top we started with barrels. I
0: feel like you're swinging for the fences already, man, Right, right from the right from the gate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we
9: definitely, like, I think we did, like, 300 cases of it, and we were really unsure of how long it would take us to sell it all.
0: 300. Okay, yeah, for a new brochure, yeah. I could, I could. I could imagine some apprehension there. What? How long did it take? Like two weeks. Oh, geez. something like that. Wow. And then we had no
9: beer to sell after that. Like we brewed that beer. Yeah. But there was like no plan B for where we were going to make the next batch. Actually, after that. Really? Yeah. And so we had to. We had because we did the first batch. We brewed at Drake's in San Leandro. Okay. Uh, and then they got very popular and were making great beer. Yeah. And so uh, we had to relocate down to San Jose. And so I think our next beer only came out like a few months later. Mm-hmm. And at uh, this time, it was like just me and Damien. We were. Selling Selling beer out of the trunk
0: of our car. Oh, jeez, you're like, uh, like a like a like a mixtape. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, like a mixtape out of the trunk of your car. Oh yeah,
9: we had a uh, we were we still had our, like our nine to five jobs, and we're we're just
0: selling beer on nights and weekends. That's there's something cool about that. There's something like um, I don't know. It's cool when you think about where they are right now. That's well, like. yeah, I'm sure at the time it sucked, but it feels more romantic now that I don't yeah. have to
9: do that.
5: Right. Well, well, just, you were, you were a home brewer and. and uh, and a foodie, right?
9: Yeah, and me and Damien actually – so me and Damien were in a homebrew club called the BABC, the Barrier Brew Crew. So it's a homebrew club that no longer exists. Okay. Uh, so Damien and I met in that homebrew club, hmm. and then uh, Tim Clifford from Sante Adarius was a member, Yeah. and then uh, Mike Mraz uh, from Raspberry was a member Jesus. as well.
0: So, so that, that club basically just got a whole bunch of sour, wild beer brewers out Yeah, of it. in retrospect, yeah. we had really
9: high standards for, for <laughs> <Yeah>. our homebrew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like uh, everyone was making some good stuff, man.
9: Pretty good. The club's not around anymore. I guess we all left and started breweries. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, couldn't find a better thing to do. So. Occupational <laughs> hazard. <laughs>
5: you're hooked, hook your hook. Yeah, well, you I could guys, see that. I got the feeling you guys were... Uh, Making good progress with your sour beers while in the club. I mean, you get, that seems like a good set of people. Oh, uh, the wife you, is like, and, and so my...
9: happy that all the homebrew club has been excavated from the small San Francisco apartment because <laughs> it was like a sea of five-gallon fooders. And she's like, <laughs> like, "How many of these do you need?" And I'm like, "Well, this one's only a year old. It's just yeah. getting to the good part now." And so it was <laughs> these uh, other ten are young. What
5: are you talking about? Yeah, yeah.
9: But yeah, we started. We started as homebrewers. I was a. Uh, I, I identify as a recovering beer blogger. So I wrote uh, a San Francisco beer and food blog and tracked homebrew and all sorts of cooking and stuff like that. And then I actually started uh, doing – I did the first beer dinner that I sold tickets to was the first uh, San Francisco Beer Week. Oh, wow. Um, And when I actually was able to sell out that dinner, I was like, holy crap. people will pay money for this. I could actually like make a career in beer, which yeah. seemed like so far away at the
0: time. Yeah. For sure, especially something that's your your passion or your hobby. Yeah, absolutely. You so know. for us,
9: like that culinary point of view point of view has always been like really core for Almanac in terms of our beers being really designed to go with food mm-hmm. from like the very beginning, you know, when we started, which now I mean, we started Almanac over you know six over six years ago. Deem and I met, which just feels like ancient brewing history at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really inspired by the San Francisco food scene, the farm to table movement, and we felt like you'd see these amazing meals that were so carefully put together, and they really sourced the ingredients from uh, all these different farms. And then they have this very carefully curated wine list, and then some beer. And the beer really felt like it wasn't um, it wasn't a focus; it was sort of a side thing. It didn't have it wasn't tied into what the rest rest of the food was doing. And so we really conceived of Almanac from the very beginning as being like, you know, we farm to barrel was our motto from the very beginning. Okay. And yeah. the whole idea was let's make beer that ties in a sense of terroir, which is a dirty wine word for like a sense of place, mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. into beer. Because, like, as you guys know, like, you know, malt is homogenized. Hops are homogenized. They're blended together yeah. so that when you brew a beer with, like, the same ingredient, it should be the same every time. Like, consistency, consistency, you know. Right, yeah. I don't have to tell you about that. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, that Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so for us, you know, tying in with these local farms and tying into the seasons, and that's where the name Almanac came from. So a farmer's almanac is a record of the season. So what we want to do is make beers that, by working with these local farms, you know, last year when we were in the height of the out, that's going to affect the flavor of the raspberries and the strawberries and all of the different. Really, flavors. like to,
0: to the point where you could it would come through in the beer. Absolutely, really, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What does it do?
9: Well, it just depends on the fruit. So the okay. sugar level will be different. You know, for example, in the fruit, and, and this is you know true with grapes too. Yeah. So that the you know the weather and the struggle is actually what creates character mm-hmm. in a lot of these fruits. And so we uh, we you know go to the farmers' markets and talk to farmers about. Buying, buying very, very large amounts of their fruit, and they, they're like, you want to do what with it? And, uh, <laughs> and then we, uh, the idea there is all, all these beers with these uh, local fruits, they're all vintage, like a wine would be. So last year's blueberry is going to be different than this year's blueberry, not just because we're getting better at making beer all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but also because we want that fruit to reflect that individual character and that
0: sense of place. Sure, okay, I like that. I like that, and it definitely fits in with the, with the, the modern day food culture, you know yeah you know, yeah a it's lot been great. Of, a lot of people looking for high quality foods, different foods uh, that don't need to taste the same all the time exactly there can be that that swing well the idea is that provides like a, a deeper
9: connection and mm-hmm. then it, you know when we when we started selling the beer we went after san francisco restaurants that was actually like a, really where we went to okay. and uh that we thought they they just give us great placements and we'd go in and we'd tell them about you know this uh, citrus infused sours made with Uh, citrus from Hamada Farm and they go, oh, well, we, you know, we work with Hamada Farm. We use their citrus in this dishes. Okay. And that gave a natural in for a way to pair those Mm -hmm. things together because it's got that what grows together, goes together kind of mentality to it.
0: All right. And people seem to be embracing that. Yeah, we like it. It's
9: kept us in business. So uh, so far, so good.
0: Do you think it's, do you think it's that, that kind of uh, community mindset that, that people are drawn to as much as the beer? Yeah, and
9: I think, yeah. you know, when when there's like, a, it's interesting, a lot of restaurants, you know, the beer buying would oftentimes fall on the chef. You know, mm. if the psalm oh, wasn't really? necessarily, oh, yeah, very, okay, very okay. common. Yeah, the chef, you know, because the chef would be more interested in beer than the psalm would be in these places. Right. And so it provides that, you know, sense of place. And the idea of uh, coming in and speaking that same language, that the beers are built with like a culinary vocabulary, you know, not just a, a brewing vocabulary mm-hmm. as well. And so i trying to, you know, blend these things together.
0: Okay, so sometimes you're just talking to the chef. So you guys can have kind of a common verbiage. Exactly, yeah.
9: And that's what made doing a lot of beer dinners really fun is, you know, oftentimes I look for chefs that don't necessarily know anything about beer. I'm interested in their outsider perspective. Mm -hmm. And so we'll put one of our beers in front of them and just be like, what do you taste? What do you think would go with this? And not worry about any sort of traditional pairing rules or things like that where it's very organically built on top of the flavors and their palates and their perspectives.
0: That's very cool. How long were you homebrewing before you started uh, having dreams of selling beer out of your car? Well, I mean the <laughs> dreams
9: started early, I think. But okay, uh, Yeah. I was probably a homebrewer for about five years or so, and that continued for a few years into Almanac, too. So oh, okay. all of Almanac's or first beers were all developed as homebrew.
0: Okay. Are you still doing any homebrewing? I mean tinkering. Sadly,
9: sadly, no. Really? No, not so much these days. Do you and miss so, it? Uh, yes and no. It's okay. uh, I miss the it's fun, it's a really great activity. It does seem like a very inefficient way to make five gallons of beer
0: these days. So. <laughs> yeah. that's true at the end of the day you have five gallons of beer but you've lost like eight hours of your day right <laughs> although what's funny is when you're a home brewer i
9: feel like you always think well if i had a commercial brewery my beer would be so much better because i could do this and i could do this and i could do this and yeah. then when you get to be a commercial brewer you go oh i miss being a home brewer where you could just do whatever you wanted and there were no rules and there was no label approval you know there is that- a trade-off exactly
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, now your wife complains about there being too board. much room in your house.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that
1: that really hasn't come up. Believe it or
0: not. Oh, but, weird. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because we've talked on the show a lot about uh, home brewing and talking to people and and, and trying to bring uh, commercial brewing techniques into. Home brewing, and sometimes you just can 't do that without different equipment and so I think maybe that kind of feeds some of that uh, home brewer lamenting over not having a i don 't know a centrifuge it 's the first thing I can think of, but sure. i know it 's very impractical so um, you know it 's just an example but uh, that's interesting that 's interesting that that on the on the flip side you 're kind of wishing you didn 't have as much equipment right because then you could do almost more with it there's, yeah. there's or- not a lot of oversight there 's not a lot of Cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, there was a lot of cleaning, but uh, yeah.
9: when they're, uh, you know, when you're a home brewer, like uh, tinctures for any kind of spice addition, mm-hmm. you know, whereas you just can't be introducing hard alcohol into uh, into your beer if you're a commercial brewer.
0: Oh, okay. That's frowned upon. Okay. <laughs> just a bit. So how do you how do you rarely disclose, by the way? Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. No one does
0: it ever. Right? Right. So how do you do that then? How do you transition that? Like, how do you bring these little techniques as a home brewer over to the commercial side?
9: Well, I do think you can always. You can oftentimes tell when breweries came from, like, a homebrew perspective because you see those sort of little homebrewy techniques, um, you know, in play for a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, it just opens up different opportunities, but it provides a different perspective where I think for homebrew, it was always – when I was a homebrewer, it was much more like uh, brew beer you can't make anywhere else. Yeah. You know, make new, weird, you know – beer with citrus in it who would ever want such a thing right you know um whereas you know when you're a home brewer you know and you can just make the beer for you you mm-hmm. know uh whereas i think when you're a commercial brewer, you know you got to make beer for for everyone not just yourself
0: yeah and that's definitely we've definitely talked a lot about that too tasty about about especially with and underneath the um the ipa umbrella I, I may be more complained about it than anybody else about you have to brew ipas well, that's, because and you may lead, not like it, that leads but, me to a, a
5: topic that we need to discuss here tonight. Which is the beer called Never Say Never. That what's what's the basis, basis of that of that name, Jess?
9: Well, that was going to be where we've got some beers we were pulling out right now. Do you want to drink? Just jump into that one right now, or? Um. Yeah, I mean,
0: should we go down the, the I mean, order? I, I frankly, you tell me. I frankly
9: prefer hoppy before sour. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind playing palate whack-a-mole at all. So let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Fuck yeah, it.
0: let's start with let's start with a double IPA. I pen. feel like if there's any Cicerones <laughs> listening, they're like plugging their ears and going la 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 la. Is, Be- uh, is
5: that the other people? Which so, one is it?
0: the right, middle one? Uh,
6: never say never, after, uh-huh. and then blueberry. Awesome. Raspberry. Some kind of bear.
0: It's purple. Beverly Berry. Beverly berry. Uh, it's berry. <laughs> so it's the middle one. Yeah, the never. Say Okay, no. so this is never say never. What what's up with this beer?
9: Well, why don't I actually want to turn it over to Phil and I'll let Phil uh, Phil talk about how we made it a little bit.
7: Phil, how how did we make this beer? So uh, this is a really fun thing for us to work on is uh, these hoppy beers. Um, you know, everyone knows Almanac for for sour beer predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started working on some fresh uh, IPA and then uh, which is F- SF IPA, which kind of uh, never say never is the big brother um, and a sister to a beer we made for a beer week called uh, don't call it frisco um, so the idea just being a beer that's um, you know really hoppy but not bitter In the trend that's going on that we re- it's the beer that we want to drink really it's uh we, you know okay. we're, we're a big fan of this very soft bitterness um, nice aromatics um, delicate water profile high protein um, so that's, that's, the spear beer is all those things. That so
0: we're cloudy working. is what you just, you're not saying it.
7: Well, we don't, we <laughs> you're, center, you're avoiding, <laughs> we do use centrifuge. So, I mean, I think there's a difference between cloudy and okay. like ch-
0: chicken soup yeast. I call this beer clear. Yes. Okay, uh,
7: which which personally, well, yeah, looking I, at I, it, it's I, not cloudy. There but is it, no
0: yeast in this beer. It sounds like you were describing a cl- uh, what yeah. I would. Yeah, it's like picture a, in my head it, to, yeah. to be a cloudy beer. It's like a New England IPA. Well, you, you can get
5: the effect of cloudy. By the way, that I think yeah, describing well, how he makes
0: the beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is what we, we
5: talked about. about forever. You can get the you, flavor.
1: You don't have to have it be a, a yeast slurry appearance, or even have that flavor, which they typically do. And you can have a high protein beer that still you can see through to the other side of the glass. I mean, everything's upside down now that we're
9: complaining about how gorgeously clear, crystal clear this beer came out. With, like <laughs> no, it just accidentally landed exactly where it was, should have been five years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah. now we want to, you know, we want to look like a milkshake. I'm happy with this level. of <laughs> well, hate, we. Yeah. I think it, I, th-
0: <laughs> no, I think it's just... totally fine. It's totally appropriate. Like I would not I would not be questioning this no, no, this no. thing no. at all. But it, I mean, it is very luscious, very delicate. Um, hop what am i trying to say it's not like super bitter uh like i would imagine a double ipa would be and is that because of like kind of that more round malt profile you know i i I think
7: a lot of it is that we we get we attain a lot of our bitterness from whirlpool um which is tending to lead more just towards hop resinous flavor but not necessarily like um isomerized bitterness yeah totally um we also we also play with the water profile in a way that we're kind of favoring chloride so you know I, I learned to brew by homebrewing as well uh i went to school for brewing in, at davis um and worked worked at other breweries but at a heart i'm still a home brewer. and i look at this like what do i like about west coast ipas oh so they're bone dry they're dextrose different driven very low mash mm-hmm. um but what i like about east coast ipas is that very kind of whirlpool you know it's almost like you're eating a hop sometimes it's yeah like a full flavor and i think a lot of that comes from uh the protein malt comes from uh those very late additions for hops. And so that's what we're going with here. Is, um, it's kind of our first attempt at a, a hybrid between the two. What do we like okay. about West Coast? What do we like about East Coast? Sure. A beer, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Just a beer that's easy to drink um, and sort of hides its ABV well.
0: Yeah, it is It is very much, uh, um, I, I think, more hop flavor then I, I recall. I mean, I, I admittedly, I don't drink a lot of these kind of beers, but uh, uh, but it is it is like you get the roundness of of a hop. It's like uh, when you have a really good cider, and it's like you're it's like you're eating an apple, where you get some of the the the, the flavor from the skin, and you get some of the meat flavor, and you get some of the juice, and it kind of you blend it all together, and it's just it's just like you're tasting an apple. I think it's like what you were saying. It's like eating a hop. It's just it's you get some of the earthy, you get a, a lot of the different scale of what these hops are actually doing
7: what else yeah, are you using like for it. bitterness uh so this beer is uh it's predominantly mosaic it's about 80 percent mosaic um and then motueka and equinox kind of make up the difference <laughs> there uh so the the motueka is our is our like our first hop addition and then we're kind of whirlpooling out with uh mosaic and equinox and then dry hopping with all those but again about a ratio of 80 and 10 10 for the dry hop um i'm just looking to kind of you know emphasize the parts about Mosaic that we like, which is that really big tropical and that sort of almost like an armpit, you know? Kind of a good... tropical (laughs) armpit. It's like a nice sweaty... It's sweaty melons. Yeah, it's a good stank. (laughs) It's a good stank.
9: I call it earthy kind of character. Well, when we were developing this, this is exactly like how we'd describe it. I'd be like, I'd call this... 40% 40% dirty hippie smell and 60% mango <laughs> and Phil will be like yeah and I'd be like I'd really like 15% dirty hippie I know <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're still like a little dirty hippie just a little beard. well you know just a little I, bit you gotta, go. I think I think that adds you know I think when it's straight mango Mm -hmm. You know, when it's just straight juice, you need a little of that sort of supporting flavor. You know, it's just like you need a little bit of the bitterness. You need a little bit of that malt profile poking through that, the you know, the the water profile. I think all those things support it and make for a more complex, uh, enjoyable beer. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just, I mean, pure mango is great sort of for that one GABF sip right uh, but when you want when you want more than just that when you want to drink a whole pint and hopefully go back for another you know i think the beer has to offer more than that
0: yeah for sure especially i think with with today's beer drinker you know we want more we want a little more roundness we want something a little more uh i don't know approachable but but also you know uh complex in a way i think you need that so phil you mentioned calcium chloride what sort of uh you know ratio did you come up with for this
7: beer uh it's it's almost two to one on this guy chloride to sulfate um it's about it's one 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 point six i believe two to one um it's something we've been playing around the, with a, with a, a little bit and we're, we're really liking the results that um kind of getting our cal- calcium levels at a nice level um and then just making that that chloride really just slightly above the sulfates um we're working with hatch water for these brews and it's just you know, the cleanest water that exists almost. Um you know, it's almost like uh, uh Bohemian Czech water, you know, Prague water, just very, very clean, soft. So it's great to build on and uh you know the way that we brew it's 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 great to make these very small tweaks and be able to taste them and see uh you know do we like it with a little bit more of this salt, which way direction? You know, we, we do calculations to determine the you know the average PPMs, but uh at the end of the day it's really just, you know, does it taste better?
5: Yeah. And I've I've told homebrewers often that uh, one thing they they should consider doing is actually adding more calcium chloride to their finished beer as as a on the tasting table part of the sensor and see if it would make the beer better. You yeah, can, you, you
7: can definitely add salts uh, post fermentation yeah. to That's get it. a good idea about mouthfeel changes. Yeah. There's definitely you know there's some malt differences depending on where you add the salts, but it's a great technique. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't. Uh, um, it, it still carries through. There's nothing in like the. The brewing process that no. makes it taste different. Well, than well, adding it post. Yeah, the process like reduces that. it. And
5: a lot of it ends up in the grain and and in the tube and all that. But mm-hmm. what comes through is the same stuff that you add later.
0: If it affects your
7: pH, obviously there's like mash differences and things like that. But it, um, yeah. you know, it's still it's that's definitely like a mouthfeel thing.
0: It's a, a fullness versus a sort of a dryness. Okay, I mean, it's it, it, it is it like an exact thing? Like I know how much I added to my glass post, so now I can scale that up pre so i gotta
7: be honest that in my wisdom of three and a half years of professionally brewing i uh i I can't answer that question to be honest (laughs) all i can say is anecdotally um these are my results and i'm really happy with uh with changing water profiles for specific purposes okay
5: and then, okay. then homebrewers' takeaway take would be that's good enough. You can you add some, and in, in your beer tastes better, then you might consider and then changing figure it out, right? Your water profile at the beginning incrementally. Don't like that's a path you should go down. Go from like one but to two to one. That's a,
1: one. That's yeah. a hard yeah. that's a hard correction to make on the next recipe. If you add three grams of chalk to a finished beer, it doesn't equate to oh, I'll just add three grams in the mash. No, on right. the next beer. Yeah, definitely. It does, not. Yeah. It, there's a lot more going on than that. Will, will craft beer bars offer like little tableside pinch bowls of
9: they salt? They fucking should. The yeah. I tell you, that, like, yeah. uh, like yeah. a restaurant does. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting yeah. for the bar to like have the little hop oils and just sell nothing but like American light loggers. <laughs> oh yeah. And go, how hoppy do you want your PBR, dude? <laughs> and I think I think it would. I think people would totally be down for that. Can it come kind out of have, like a mustard or ketchup squirter? <laughs>
7: I think
1: it should. Yeah. As well, a matter of fact, just actually do it. How. IPA started in that everyone brews triple IPAs, and the bar just dilutes it to either a double, single, paleo, or session IPA.
0: I don't know because there's no interaction. I don't know.
7: The beer I drank when I came in was our blend of uh, SF IPA Never Say Never. Oh, really? Yeah. Just mix the two together because
0: you know, Jamil, that. a heretic, does that. He'd, he'll take like the, the robust porter and like water it down. Oh yeah, it's great. And it'll make it mild, and it tastes good. Yeah. Watery grave. Watery grave. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, little blend, little blendy poo. Well, he doesn't blend. Hey, that shell yeah. won an award, you know? It did. It did. Yeah. Silver, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it. Oh, oh. we're gonna we're gonna applaud him. Not know. right now. Not right now. But yeah. Later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like this beer. I mean, for a double IPA, uh, it's
7: not bad, man. No, I'm a big fan myself. Yeah. We it's were great. gonna call it not bad, but never say never pass the test at the end. So, what,
5: so never say never is in the context of you guys oh, right. you said you never so make an IP. Well,
9: right. So that's when I was, you know, a young inexperienced brewer three years ago. And uh, you were going to be a true corner <laughs> table guy. I, and, I get the, and I get the idea. And was prone yeah. to shooting my mouth off <laughs> and having no idea what I was talking about. You're so humble. You, you'll fit right in I on the show. Know, that has, that is, hasn't changed much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we made a business I of it. think our stance was, you know, at the time as a young brewery, we didn't want to brew beer where everyone else was brewing. You know, we wanted to go to like A a different A different space Yeah You know And so We're like barrel, You know Fruit beer You know No one's doing that Mm -hmm. And so um, You know We did that And I think What we underestimated Was one I think our own Internal love Of IPAs (laughs) And our desire To make them So we could Drink them ourselves (laughs) Okay And two, that we found that there really was a market for it, that people liked our point of view and people liked, you know, what our brewery was doing. And we found people being like that. The fact that we didn't brew an IPA seemed to
0: be like way more work than brewing an IPA. Um, How so? Like in just explaining your your stance on life? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to being like, here's some IPA you can buy. Right,
9: that's way easier.
0: Right, Um, it's almost you're 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 turning people away at some point because there are people who only drink IPAs or that's all they are interested in, which is fine. Sure, that's what they want to do.
9: Um, and I think also, you know, the other thing that really happened is the IPA category has just exploded so much and diversified so much. And what we found was, uh, you know, in this sort of halfway in between East Coast and West Coast IPA was the space we were really interested in playing in and that we want those flavors that I love pairing IPAs with, uh, with food as well. They're so food friendly and you can do all sorts of cool stuff with them, especially when you're talking about, you know, these juicy hop forward IPAs with low bitterness. And so we, we wanted to drink them and we wanted to, Mm -hmm. we wanted to sell them. And so, uh, this beer was sort of a, we called it never say never. So it was a little coy acknowledgement of, uh, of how oh, was, you were wrong. Of com- of completely <laughs> yeah. wrong. Oh, totally. Right. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. Yeah. But I'd rather be wrong and change my mind and now be right, you know, yeah. as opposed to sort of sticking sticking our heels in and being like,
1: no, we're not going to do that
9: Even
0: either. Even Monkish changed their mind. I mean, they had a fucking no. sign that said yeah. no IPA. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Well, it takes a now minute. It, now it's not there. It takes a minute to sell an IPA, or you can have a five-minute conversation about why you don't have an IPA to sell. Right. And so after, after a year of doing that, it's like, well, I... I enjoy having more time to myself, so I'll just make an IPA. Yeah, yeah, and I have to it, talk to fewer people.
0: Yeah, that, that's a bonus. It <laughs> is interesting what you too. said, though. There's there's a lot of people who say the same thing. Well, we didn't want to build an IPA, but blah blah blah, and really we just enjoy drinking the things. And I think that kind of comes back to the core of of being a brewer in the first place. Is you're brewing stuff you want to drink. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, why what's the you? point of owning a brewery? if you're not brewing <laughs> You can't beer you get super
9: drunk, right? <laughs> <You> know, like. <laughs> You can't indulge your every desire for every beer to make.
0: Right, right. Speaking of that, let's jump backwards in time before we had the double IPA and try the white label, I believe it was.
1: Yeah,
9: absolutely.
0: Um Tell me about this beer a little bit.
9: Uh, so this is a beer called White Label. Uh, Which is we, the this one. Yeah, okay. We uh, we picked up a silver at GABF nope. for this on Saturday. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. oh, I'm Nice. No, good. Yeah.
1: Are we clapping for the Well, them now
9: later?
0: you're excited. No, clap right, right now. Yeah. It's fine. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh,
9: yeah, we're incredibly excited. This is actually the first GABF medal uh, almanac has ever received. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. So this congrats. Was, uh, we lost our GABF medal virginity. Nice. We we're very happy about that. It made uh, maybe the Saturday session way more fun. Uh, wearing, <laughs> yeah. wearing. I don't know how long you're socially. It's socially acceptable to wear the medal around, like yeah. a week, or I two
5: think the weeks. Ribbon, the or, ribbon holds up in the shower, so right? You know. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm actually shocked you don't have it on right now.
9: Yeah. Well, it was either the Brewer shirt or just the medal. Just you know? the medal so, will fit right in, yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Are you gonna get it tattooed, like the <laughs> <Yeah>. thing tattooed <laughs> yeah. on you? And that's all your medals right there. That's really cool, man. Congratulations. Yeah, we're
9: incredibly excited. We got it in the uh, mixed fermentation category as well, and so uh, that's a new category—a Brett a Brett focus category. Okay. Is
7: that that
0: mixed Brett? Yeah. yeah, Brett with lacto. Okay, uh, or Brett with acid. Um, I think that's the category that's that Flat Tail won in. They Was won. It? They won the bronze for their damn damn wild. Day. Right, yeah, uh, that's pink
7: uh, peppercorn. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome! Yeah, absolutely. That's really great.
9: Um, so this your is, beer's better than his no. well, <laughs>
0: yeah. officially. Yeah. Officially yeah. better than Dave. I kind want to call Dave <laughs> up. And t- hey, Dave. So we have the people who beat you <laughs> yeah, in the category right now. You want to ask him any questions? Any tips? Yeah, right. Do better next year. <laughs> I just want to add that I like Flat Tail a lot. I, really, I, I genuinely do. I love Flat Tail. <laughs> we love the guy. He's uh, he's like the be-in doormat sometimes. I don't know why. I,
6: I texted him and I asked him how he did, and he told me, and I was like, oh. But why didn't you get gold?
9: <laughs> you, you sound like my mother. That's, uh, that's like right on. And
0: you could have not, not gold, huh? One. Well, I guess silver's not bronze. Yeah. <laughs> There's always room for improvement, I guess. Yeah. Well, these um, categories uh,
5: have like 80, 90, 200 beers. So time to get down to first, second, third. I mean, they're basically equivalent, I mean.
0: I mean, we're oh we're, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, yeah. I agree. That's a good. That's that's a very positive statement. I think Are you okay? Just Are you glad doing you're not
1: good? Just because you're not fourth, I'm sure all the gold medalists would agree with you.
9: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they, yeah. oh, <laughs> they don't. They don't talk to us. I mean, <laughs> right, we're just silver medal people.
0: Yeah, no, they so. get whisked away <laughs> in a private car, and you're like taking the bus. Yeah, holding well, you know what? on the thing.
5: I, I see a lot of judges at GABF, and I go, oh, "What'd you judge? Why oh, would judge this and that? I go, "How'd that go? Well, this this one beer, the first place beer. It's like automatic. It was the best one, no doubt about it. And we struggle between the second and third, which one would be the best. So that makes you know, that's interesting information
7: for that category. You know, too, if I you know, I just want to kinda of add in on to this, you know, this is our first medal and we really looked at the notes from last year okay. and just really looked at the judges' comments okay. and, you know, took that as good feedback. It's it's really positive feedback. It's a home brewer, you get those if you enter, you know, competitions you get this great feedback. You know, I think when you're making beer and you're giving it to your friends, you give it, you know, everyone just helps it's the best beer ever. It's free. Yeah, it's free, right? <laughs> uh, but, no, it's great. These, the, the feedback from the judges, is, is it's, it's really valuable. You know, there's some contradictions sometimes, but it really kind of helps you fit, find, figure out where that beer fits, right. which category. Because I yeah. think a lot of times winning a category is, is really about making the beer fit in that category best. Yeah. yeah. Even if you have to make it worse. So really, say so it's, it's less tart than you'd like it. Sure. But that seems
5: to be what they're looking sure. for. Yeah.
1: So yeah. did you have hmm. some strategy behind not going into just like American sour beer and going into this new category? We abandoned the American sour
9: beer category this year.
7: We, why is that? Uh, why yeah. do we, why? It says no Brett character, and <laughs> oh, okay. we do 100% primary Bretts for most of our beers. So it's okay. sort of like, well, it's probably going to taste like Brett eventually. At 100 bread, probably.
9: Well, there's it's like a, good a sort of, of a. Some bread in there. It's like a Kremlinology reading, you know, the different oh, yeah. categories. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely all we also went back and looked at who won in previous categories mm-hmm. as well. I think is a really good indication of like what the judges are Just looking for. Uh, beers, yeah. yeah. okay. beers, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything we submit, you know, for what it's worth, everything we submit, we submit off of is, is we pull cases from inventory. We don't do any special blends. We are submitting mm-hmm. the actual beer that we are selling in the market. And so, for you know, we don't put together you know we don't change the beer for the competition we look at you know we we're going to release you know like 27 28 sour beers this year hmm. uh, so we have a lot to pick from in terms of it so we wow. go through and we do like a tasting panel we taste it we see what we really like what we think responds well uh and then uh, i put together my list of what i want to enter and hmm. phil puts together his list of what he wants to enter and what categories and then we see and then we see if there's any overlap at all uh and then and then sort of pick and choose from there but yeah we're very very happy to have uh, gotten some recognition this year yeah that's Congratulations again.
0: The thank beer you. tastes amazing. Well, thank it's you. It's really well,
9: good.
0: The Second best. You know? Second <laughs> yeah. best in the nation, It tastes man. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have said gold, but I mean. <laughs> you would have been wrong. That yeah. would have been wrong. That's why they don't let you judge. <clears <clears <throat> <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, that's true. Plus, I couldn't make the flight. I, I would have been on Bev's flight and I uh, heard her flight was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, coming over the Rockies, man. Just, I don't want to do that. Lumbass, but uh, yeah, thing. so this
9: beer, uh, the sort of concept from it came from we. Uh, there's a lot of new, really cool uh, German uh, aroma hops these days. Yeah, that we yeah. love. We're brewing with them. They're in our IPAs. Uh, we're using them in the sour program too. <laughs> um, so this beer was actually designed to highlight Howard uh,
0: Tower Blanc. Um, nice. Okay, I haven't which, played with that one yet. That's I'll, a but nice one. you're talking about like uh, we've talked a lot about the bander, uh, Mandarin. Mandarina. Thank you ma- very, yeah, yeah. Very, very mandarina. Yeah, so we highlight
9: that. In, we make a beer called Mandarina, and we highlight oh, okay. that, that hop okay. there.
0: But this is the, the, the Hall Tower Blanc.
9: Yeah, the okay. Hall Tower Blanc. Right. So it's sort of like the idea, you know, it's uh, it's like, a poor, you know, we jokingly call it poor man's Nelson, except for that it's a, hmm. more expensive than Nelson. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of German by way of Auckland, you know. It's kind of got a little of that German noble hop flavor, and it's got a little bit of that uh, funky New Zealand, you know, Riesling grape kind of thing going on. On. Yeah, um, and so yeah, and then we used. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for a high concept beer, uh, so we had these uh, muscat. <laughs> we had uh, we used muscat blanc uh, grape juice in uh, another beer we make called our Grand Cru, which is like a wine beer hybrid. Uh, but we pulled some of that off into this project, so it's sort of combining a sour blonde blended with this uh, muscat blanc. Uh, and then we are really, really interested in dry hopping sours these days. We're doing that in a lot of beers, not just we do in our hoppy sour series, which is really focused on highlighting the hop. Yeah. But we're doing it in a lot of other stuff now, too, because we think it's a really great way to introduce additional layers of flavor and complexity to that sour beer. And also that brightness and freshness that you yeah. get from that complements it. So that was kind of the marching orders I gave, I gave Phil. And then uh, I'll let him sort of talk about how he, he put the beer together.
7: Yeah, please do. Yeah, so, so the idea being that, uh, you know, to emphasize uh, those blonde Hops, which are that kind of, yeah, sort of poor man's Nelson, but unique in their own. A lot of apricot, kind of decently, really floral. Um, and that's, that sort of describes Muscat, I think, is kind of apricot, decently, and sort of floral. Um, so we put the two together and aging it really well and we're liking it and we're getting some kind of cool citrus notes. And uh, I've been playing around with um, Brett and um, trying to work on some biotransformations um, with Brett, which is kind of fun. And I think um, coriander is one of those ones that um, it aged with Brett presence. You get some really cool flavors, and uh, it goes to more of a citrus flavor. There's no citrus in this beer at all, but I think that, that citrus note is all the coriander aged with Brett. Huh.
9: Okay. What, is, what does biotransformation mean?
7: So there's like, there's there's uh, there's some aromatic compounds you or, didn't know either Jesse. That's we'll keep it simple. I don't Phil's, know. I don't really know it either. Yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the glasses, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Trust uh, me, it's not. But there's uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, activity that, that Brett can do on, on some, some molecules. Um, some of them are, are aromatic, but they're they're sort of bound to a sugar molecule. Um, some of them are uh, you know drain- generated by secondary metabolism pathways. Um, so coriander is really high in geranolol. Um, which is present in a lot of hops, big flavor con- uh, contrib- con- contributor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to butcher the name. I'm sure every you know everybody at Oregon State is you know laughing at me right now about this. <laughs> uh, but citranol, I think is the word. But it's really <laughs> big in uh, citra hops. Okay. And um, uh, so geranol becomes the word that I can't pronounce. In uh, Brett, that's my theory. I've, I've read some papers on it, and uh, anecdotally, it works. It's something we've been playing around with at Citra. I'm sorry. Coriander and uh, Brett fermentations, so particularly active Brett fermentations under coriander kind of produce more citru- citrus flavor <laughs> okay. than not. That
0: coriander kind of goes away; it's not the
7: spice anymore. Right, it's still kind of right. here, but it's there's a lot of citrus.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but yes, it's definitely much more citrus heavy than, than than coriander. But there is that kind of, I don't know, what do you call it, flowery, perfumey, maybe kind of thing and, that, and that's that, that off is the,
7: coriander, but and that kind of plays not? off the hop too. It's yeah. uh, you know very geranial. Uh, butchering the word again, uh, you know. Heavy. Oh, yeah, like for geranium, right? Yeah, exactly. like, Okay, got See, now with you. My I brain think, is slow. I feel, would that be a Brett Strain... Uh, dependent or uh... so I, I i'm gonna again i don't actually know good question yeah, yeah. i <laughs> honestly don't know um Sorry. but we have a pitch that um it's about 18 strains of bread that we've collected that we've grown <laughs> up separately okay and we really like them so <laughs> the way we we the way we manage our pitches for sour beer is um we kind of just grow things and if we like it we add it to our main pitch okay. and uh you know we're on gen 46 right now of one pitch that we're just super happy with and we've added to it and you know we've corrected it by you know ibu additions and things like that and
5: all right so, so you notice oh. changes
7: but you're like you know rolling with those changes absolutely uh-huh. but it's it's a lot like a sourdough um yeah. you know some breads aren't as good as the others yeah. but the average is just improving with time it's uh-huh. becoming more and more complex and we're really happy with that now, pitch so, so you,
5: did you did you ever pulled any aside and set set it like as a and the library is it reserved so you can always go back to the pitch to a gin? Yeah.
7: um so we we don't have that ability um, we yeah. have a couple of tanks and we have a couple of uh, you know kegs that we use for yeast yeah. so we're we're pretty limited um, but what we always do is we always set aside barrels from each new oh. uh, pitch oh. and i try to hold on to them as long as possible so if you want to go back so Next. if it's something special i have something to go back to okay. so you're using hot bitterness
1: to kind of regulate the amount of bacteria that's in your culture that you're repitching
7: yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, we will use this culture for, for beers that will include lacto in and for beers that don't have lacto. And our lacto is getting pretty hop tolerant at these stages. So we're, we're brewing almost what tastes like a pale ale mm-hmm. that ages out to more of a saison over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really well for, for this pitch. Yeah. So
1: are you able, I mean, now you're saying it's getting more hop tolerant, but initially are you able, if you just do like a, a higher IBU batch, the the subsequent batches have a lot less a, a noticeable amount of uh, less acidity contributed
7: as no. quickly or even long term.
1: We, don't, I we s- don't have any
9: lacto in the primary, I believe.
7: So our right? primary oh. is, is is just Brett. Um, but what what we find is that because we use the same equipment for everything, um, we do pick up lacto from here to there. So as we see like a, a sort of shift in our in our, our pitch that this beer just tastes slightly more lactic or more sour than previous or we're, you know, we're measuring total acidity and we're measuring pH, um, we will brew, like, uh, we're calling it, we, our normal Brett beer is called, it's called brett Base C because we did A, B, and then C we like the best. Um, <laughs> so then we make a, a beer that's called brett Base Dank, which is um, the bitter version of that. And uh, we use it hmm. recently as a fun way to um, introduce, like, Whirlpool hops into Brett fermentations. So our uh, Hoppy Sours coming out next year will be including a lot of Whirlpool Hops into some of the bread fermentations in a fun way. Wow. But it works really well to keep down the lacto.
0: Um, I got that tip from Jeffers. Interesting. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I like the beer. I'm digging on it. I think it's pretty good, man. Uh, Let's talk about this blueberry. The, uh, the, the Farmer's Reserve Blueberry. So this is our Farmer's
9: Reserve Blueberry. So this is uh, Farmer's Reserve Series is one of the ones we've been doing the longest. It's really just trying to put the fruit right at sort of the heart of the beer. So we love blueberries. They're extremely challenging to brew with. Uh, You can, I think, you have to be really careful with uh, balancing Brett flavor. You know, a lot like strawberries. uh, That if you get get a lot of Brett with those phenols from the fruit, you can actually create a lot of Band Aid kind of character. Oh, really? Okay. So we try and stay away from that. I think it's you gotta you gotta balance it really really carefully where it's sort of like blueberry pie, blueberry pie, blueberry pie, and then it goes Band Aid. And trying to hit that balance. Um, obviously, we've got like a really deep red color. Yeah. It's great radio, I guess, describing the color <laughs> um, But, it, you know, this is obviously more of a lacto-forward than Brett forward um, And just trying to highlight the fruit and create that, like we said, that sense of place. So uh, the blueberries in this came from two different farms this year um, because— we're buying so many blueberries that it's difficult for some of these small farms to... How many blueberry pounds of blueberries do we take in this year, Phil?
7: 12,000 pounds.
9: 12,000 wow! Pounds. Whoa! Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, we took in we took in about twenty five thousand pounds of fruit total last year. Jeez. And where are we? Where are we this year?
7: We're just about seventy five thousand pounds of fruit. <laughs> of fruit so oh my God.
9: we not are, really
7: any much more beer, just more fruit. How do so you
9: get all that through really? that little hole? In the some barrel. more beers. That, yeah. <laughs> some new
7: beers. So, uh, so oh, okay, fruit right.
9: comes in. Uh, all the fruit comes in direct from local farms. Uh, we don't really know how you else you would buy it. Uh, you know. We, we, yeah. we Safeway, just, dude. Yeah. Right there. yeah. Right so we open up all those little containers. Um, So the fruit comes <laughs> yeah. in, uh, we drop it into like five-gallon buckets and okay. you know those little um, immersions blenders used for making like soup at home and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah,
0: like the little handheld yeah, uh, yeah, the right, little right, buzzer right. kind of things. Yeah. So
9: those come in jackhammer size. Oh, jeez. Um, and so, <laughs> Robo-coop. yeah. Robo-coop. <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, about 50 pounds at a time in like a five-gallon bucket, which wow. is really fun for like 20 minutes and then your hands go <laughs> sure. numb. Then, the vibrating. And then it sort of becomes like a game of trying to Tom Sawyer, other people in the brewery, into helping out. He's like, that looks like fun. And you're like, it is fun. Would you <laughs> like to do this for three hours? Yes, you do. i wash my face. That's
0: why you time it to get tours. Yeah. You just get tours running through there. So you masticate.
9: Yeah, yeah, so uh, now these, you know... Macerate? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Macerate. No, they do (laughs) both. Whatever you do, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we puree, you know, and for Now it'll fit in through that hole. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, masticate. And so it's masticated and then macerated. uh, But not uh, not in the same day. We're making
7: chicha. (laughs) So
1: so
9: we blend it, and then it goes into the barrel. So we tend to go. So how many pounds per barrel go in? uh, In the barrel, each barrel will be about a third, somewhere between a third and a half fruit. And that's in the barrel. And then we actually top that off with already aged uh, beer. So, you know, we select, we we want the fruit forward base beer that's going to really support those flavors so okay. that gets topped off and allowed to uh, allowed to ferment um so
7: how messy is that
9: it's a lot less messy than it used to be actually
7: there uh, is a permanent stain
0: on the ceiling
9: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is I where would it imagine should be so. yeah, yeah, yeah they sound like a home brewer yeah <laughs> that's never going to come out and so we, uh, yeah, so that goes in the
9: barrel. So that's, I mean, that's in the barrel. So we sort of create those as fruit blending barrels. And then we go through, you know, when then, you know, as the beer ages, when we, you know, constantly tasting it. And once we feel like it's getting ready, yeah. uh, we go through and do that. And then uh, we start blending that together. And then Phil and I will usually argue about exactly where that final blend is going to land. Mm -hmm. Where uh, he uh, he wants to make less beer and I want to make more beer. We uh, we sort of try and hit that compromise that you know because we really pride ourselves on we want to make our beers available to people. You know you don't have to come to San Francisco to find our beer. You know we we want our beer to be available on the shelf to you know so you can get it. Yeah. Um, And so yeah. And so uh, we try and really always hit that balance that hits that you know we want to be really fruit forward. We want to be bright. We want to be food friendly, and we want to have that, like we said, that sense of place where this really captures what this summer was like, you know, in a glass.
0: Okay, the moment in time, exactly. Kind of a thing. So you talk a lot about you know working with food. So what would you pair with a beer like this? More blueberries? Yeah, I mean, (coughs) uh,
9: there's. uh, I would do something like this. I mean you know blueberries you know and some of these especially like blueberries to me that goes to like game meat you know okay so like blueberry and venison is always like really really great together um i love um uh blueberry and duck you know anything like that that has some of that sort of funk you can even do like a lamb dish like this would be really good now you're talking my language this would be great with uh french toast i think too uh, a little gamey so, French toast, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like
7: pancakes. I think smoke and spice for me, you know, like a spicy
0: mm. basil or smoky kind of. Yeah, it's so great with ice cream. So because, anything, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. food. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's my pairing is yes, food. Food. <laughs> I like to food pair with food. <laughs> I think it's a great beer, man. So, we, so when you have, you said you, about, about a third of the barrel mm-hmm. is is fruit. How much beer are you actually being able to put in there because of the displacement from the from the fruit? So in the past we didn't actually have fooders
7: or, or totes either, so we, we we would stuff a barrel as full as we could and then kind of blend it back. Um, we still do that for some beers in, in, in a way, but um, now with the footers, it's really kind of opening it up too. That um, you know it's just a bigger barrel, so we're able to put a lot more fruit in there, put some nice old beer on top, and let it ferment it out. Uh, makes cleanup a lot easier for sure. Okay. So So it's like a full volume for... Yeah, maybe like a a 60-gallon barrel, maybe 45 Mm -hmm. gallons. The 40 gallons is actually beer. We're probably netting about 38 on average. But the food, you know, you net a lot better. It's a better...
0: More surface area, just kind of
7: okay.
0: Easier, uh, easier extraction. You have any plans to try to streamline that to kind of hit yeah. Jesse's mark of making more beer? <laughs> we just brought in some wine
7: totes, so if you go to a lot of sour breweries, you'll see these kind of wine totes sure. running around that are uh, square. And uh, so we got a few that have manway doors, which is making clean out it's just so much easier. You know, bung hole yeah. uh, was an inch and seven, you know, three quarters or whatever. And, um, a manway door, you just you can park over, you know, the, the, the grain out bin and yeah. feed the cows sour it. cherries. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Is that what you do with all your your, your sour uh, No, no. Some of it it can
7: go that way, but uh,
0: for the most part, yeah.
9: Yeah, we're actually focusing a lot right now on second extraction with a lot of our fruit, which we're finding really exciting where (laughs) you can actually create and... um, uh, this is something like Jester King's played around a lot with their beer, Detrivore, which I really, really like. Um, but what we've discovered is we dropped another brett beer, like a more hoppy brett beer, on top of the spent blueberries. And the second generation is already the same color that the first generation was. Oh, cool. And a lot of that fruit, there's a lot more to give. And what we're actually finding is you're actually pulling out other really great flavors mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. second use of that fruit as is well. Is it
0: like there's just this saturation point where the, the first-gen beer isn't going to do – it's just maybe going to go negative? If it stays on the fruit too long Because all the skin breakdown or whatever Or what's what's the thinking behind that I
7: think that there's like yeah there's definitely like there's some things left You know there's there's sugars left there's fruit flavors left That we're not getting to um, But I think because of the way we're doing it too That we're doing primary fermentation on that leftover fruit mm-hmm. We're getting some mm-hmm. other transformations as well We're just getting new flavors out of it that were
0: Biotransformations?
7: Possibly I'm not a, <laughs> Well it would be a biotransformation I just pretend to be a scientist His glasses aren't that thick <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
5: No, the fermentation itself is going to, you know, take in, take in one flavor and put yeah. out another.
7: Definitely. So we're so, seeing some really cool results that way.
5: Sure.
0: That's interesting. That's cool. I like it. I like the beer, man. It's great. Thank it's, you. It's great. It's very, uh, a very round, very round flavor.
1: Yeah. This and you mentioned with, you guys are uh, measuring both pH and total acidity. How is that different?
7: Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, we got this idea as well from a presentation from um, Firestone Walker. Um, just great folks. Um, Dropping acid with Jeffers. It's called Dropping Acid with Jeffers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a uh, you know, presentation on TA. Um, but, you know, the idea being that um, pH measures, um, you know, free hydronium ion, uh ions in solution. Yeah, uh, sure. Totally. Sure, course. right? Uh, but TA actually measures, like, the, the amount of acidity there. Um, so p- pH is kind of... Um, a reference against how much buffer there is right like you know your blood's buffered everything's buffered right there's things that just interact with those hydronium ions and change the ph sure so my internet's to keep buffered it, to keep it yeah to keep it more like sorry i'm know, totally
0: derailing you related <laughs> <laughs>
7: uh, uh, the, the end result uh, the tldr is a uh, um you know 3.7 ph beer can taste wildly acidicly different to, uh, based on you know what's in the beer, mm-hmm. what acids are present. So acetic is more of a harsh sour. Lactic is a softer sour than that. There's mm-hmm. plenty of sours that are produced in fermentation. Okay. Uh, you know that are desirable and not desirable. But TA, TA total acidity, just kind of tells you how much acids there. So we use that as a, as a reference point for blending. Um, we're making a beer series called the Brettaville, which is focusing on fruit and hops and bread um, and all the fun combinations those can make. Um, but for the most part you know plus or minus a little bit there because these are these are agent barrels uh, we're hitting a a really strong point of about uh 8.5 grams per liter of acid and that's what we're using as a blending target for consistency um, when we're trying to adjust the acidity and mouthfeel is is the same amount of acid so that's what the, that's that, that's the kind of idea there is that um uh, pH can, can tell you something about it, but it doesn't tell you uh, enough about it. Total acidity tells you really about the acid that's okay. present.
0: Yeah, because there's more there's more than just that pH. Right. So
1: that, it, w- it would indicate more how assertive the flavor would be of the acid?
7: So, I mean, um, you know, I don't know these numbers off the top of my head, but, you know, like Rodenbach or uh, Duchess is very high in total acidity, but there's some sweetness there that balances that out. So the pH would be lower than... So the pH might be the same as, um, you know, say, um, like a Sante Darius beer or one of our beers, you know, somebody else's beer that's a sour beer. But I think drinking those, if the sweetness wasn't there, it would be massively, massively more perceptible right. sour. So TA just kind of lets you know how much acid's really there. pH is sort of like how much is buffered, you know, how much other stuff's in there. Right. It's not really relatable. It's good for enzymes okay. and stuff. But TA just kind of lets you know exactly how much acid is there. And if you know how much sugar's left over, you know, like your final gravity that's a really good balance that sugar versus acid lets you know a good mouth flavor. Well,
5: now, the homebrewers can, can do pH easily. Can, how, how would they get TA? Is that possible on the so, homebrewing yeah,
7: level? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so oh. there's these, uh, for wine, home winemakers, right. they make uh, oh. home titratable acidity kits and they're not, terribly okay. yeah yeah they're not terribly um accurate but right. they're really um it's like a ph strip color code okay sure um which would really give you a good idea you know are you at eight grams per liter are you at 10 grams per liter are you at 12 grams per liter and if you're making a similar style of beer it, it gives you a good reference point of what the last beer was and what right. the next beer yeah. could be right. yeah. yeah more and beer you're at 8.5 you say huh? what you're that, looking that's for? what we're looking that's for that's
5: your baseline i'm sure that you vary yeah, by it varies uh, what
7: fruits in the beer some fruits, yeah. totally
1: does the ta re- relate to the residual alkalinity at all because, like, homebrewers use RA a
7: lot when they're setting up their water to get what their pH is. And, you know, that tells you about the buffer in the solution.
0: That's Kyle, by the way. He's a homebrewer sitting there.
7: <laughs> so the residual, <laughs> residual alkalinity would, would, would relate to the pH. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the TA is the TA.
0: Fucking get with it, Kyle. Well, Jesus Christ, right, dude. All right, all right, I'm sorry, man. we <laughs> talked about this. We were what talking about this a, just sorry. this, just this just be thing quiet. before the show. What a homebrewer question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really are a fucking homebrewer. I tell you what. I can't Uh, see, but I'm giving you much love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break real fast, but before I do, I want to tell you guys about Williams Brewing. They are your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. You like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge electric mash water heater plug-in anywhere. Precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays. shipped the same day. Brewing is easy. Of course, you guys know this. The Williams way. Alright, we're going to take a break real fast and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to drink more beer from the folks at Almanac. It's the session. Hang out. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network
2: treatment today if you haven't heard there's a completely new brand of brewing equipment Kettles, burners, and accessories. Trustworthy everyday gear that helps you forge and shape outstanding beer the way you want. It's called Anvil Brewing Equipment. Hi, I'm John Palmer. You may remember me from such self-help books as How to Brew, Brewing Classic Styles, Water, and the Brew Strong Podcast. I am very pleased to announce the debut of Anvil Brewing Equipment from Blickman Engineering. I have been working closely with them these past few years to develop products that combine the best of materials, features, Features and price point. Each of these products has been developed, tested, and reviewed to meet these ideals, and bears the Palmer Brewing Solutions stamp of approval on the packaging. Anvil Brewing equipment, inspired by Palmer, built by Blickman, and made for you. Check out AnvilBrewing.com. Anvil, durable, reliable, dependable.
4: That's it. I've
2: you're tuned into this session because life's too short
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Before we get back to the tasty beer... I want to let you guys know about Great Fermentation. Yeah, Tasty in Paris. Uh, I want to tell you guys about Great Fermentations. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business at using Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Check them out, greatfermentations.com. They're also on Facebook at GR8Fermentation and on Instagram and Twitter as the very same. Great Fermentations. Dot com. Throw that away, so because I'll, I'm stupid. I'll just keep reading the same thing over and over again. Put it in the back and then shuffling yeah. it to the front, and then it's like, dude. Great fermentation. What are you doing? <laughs> right, just so you guys know. Um, okay, so we have two bottles of the Almanac Grand Cru in front of us. One is the Imperial Sour Blonde Ale, and the other is Imperial Sour Red Ale. They're gorgeous bottles. They are gorgeous bottles. Look at that. I uh, wish I could. Who, uh, who does the artwork <laughs> for those bottles?
9: So these are these are really cool. So this is actually the second year we've done it. I'll also mention you guys are the first people outside. Of the, these are the first two bottles to leave the brewery. Fine, we're, we're not worthy. This, oh. this is this is a world world premiere.
0: You know how uh, long we've been doing this show and nobody gives us scoops <laughs> on anything. You're not gonna. Is, we're not gonna
9: find out tomorrow that you scooped us <laughs> I, by this, going on a podcast. This, this yesterday. has not. This hasn't even been added to our website right now. Like so, this beer is conditioning right now. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to credit Phil. Phil really wanted to bring something special for you. Assholes. Thank you,
1: Phil. And That's he, pretty good. Um, I've always liked Phil.
9: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's <laughs> my favorite name. Yeah.
9: Really, really getting over that bio transformation thing
0: now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, so what do we have first, man? What do we drink first? Oh, but I was going to – I want to talk a little oh, bit yeah, about sorry. the science. So um, this
9: is – we sort of do it as our anniversary beer. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind the Grand Cru beers is they're beer-wine hybrids. And uh, they're sort of designed from the top down to be nothing's held back. And specifically – so I was talking earlier about uh, Damien, my co-founder in the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, Damien was a designer by trade before we started Almanac together. And so he, uh, he oversees all creative design for everything that we do. All the bottles, and for these, we now have collaborated. Last year, we collaborated with a local artist named Derek uh, Manovich, and this year, we worked with a new artist named uh, Chad Michaels, who oh. obviously does like a lot of just <laughs> incredibly ornate um, sort of whiskey bottle driven driven design. Oh, nice, and so they're they're full. Full bottle screen wraps, uh, but it was entirely yeah, totally done by hand. Really, really talented. Uh, and the real idea is to create something uh, as beautiful on the outside as as is on the inside. I never seen um, brown look so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's two of them in the series: uh, the Grand Cru Red and the Grand Cru White. And there's it's basically a red. Uh, a red wine beer hybrid and a white wine beer hybrid. Okay, um, they're both right. imperial sours. Uh, we partner with a local winemaker, a guy named Paul Einbaum in San Francisco. So He's a sommelier and a winemaker. He did the wine program at Francis and Octavia Restaurant. He's opening a new place called the Morris in San Francisco, which I'm super, super excited about. Okay. And uh, we work with him, and he sources wine grapes from wineries, and we bring in the juice and then combine that with a special imperial versions of our base sours. Uh, we source the specialist barrels that we can find for each one. Uh, and this year, we really wanted to stretch them a little bit more as well. Uh, so the white... It is, I think it's 10.2% alcohol. 10.6? 10.6, uh, 6, yeah. Uh, the Y is 10.6. Uh, it also has apricots uh, that are uh, from the Central Valley. 10.5. 10. 10.5. 10. 10. 5.
0: Uh, Incorrect. <laughs> Jesse, you have
9: the board. And then we, uh, <laughs> uh, so this, uh, that's brewed with apricots and muscat blanc grapes. Uh, and we really try and put as much grapes in there as we're allowed to by law. So no,
0: sorry. 10.6. Mm-hmm. I was picking up the wrong bottle. <sighs>
9: Oh. Phil, you have control of the boy. <laughs>
0: uh,
9: and then the red. Uh, the red is brewed with uh, a blend of grapes, Infandel, Petit Syrah, a few others. Those all are grown in the El Dorado Hills area uh, and the foothills of the Sierra Nevada Mountains outside Sacramento. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. And then this has raspberries and vanilla beans. Yeah. Uh, and those vanilla beans, I think, are Jeez. really, really shining on the nose, too.
0: All right. So what do we drink first? That's really all I want to do. I guess
9: we should start. Well, I think since we started with a double IPA as our first beer. <laughs> no, it we, doesn't matter? I feel like we should start with the red. Let's just jump right in. Okay, into oh. all here. right. Look at this. You don't have a triple IPA
0: we can try first? <laughs> we'll never brew a yeah. triple IPA. <laughs> yeah.
2: Of course here's, you will.
0: Here's some Everclear. I find it uh, tastes better <laughs> if you chase it. Hmm. So this is the, uh, the red ale with uh, red wine grapes, raspberries, and vanilla beans. What do you guys? What are you guys getting in the nose here?
9: This is actually the first time I've had this out of the bottle too, since the blending. Oh. That's
0: how long? How, how long ago was that? How? How? What's? The, what's your time frame between the blend and the bottle? How
9: has this been in the bottle now?
0: I'm um, going on about three weeks. Three weeks. And this will
9: come out okay. in like it should be on shelves in around a month from now, give or take.
1: Are you bottle conditioning, or is this packaged uh, fully carbonated? Little, so, little,
9: sort of in between. Uh, it is carbonated when it goes in the bottle, but we leave a little head space for that to come up um, and especially with something really, really high alcohol like this, we actually we actually get like wine bottle shock kind of characteristics come out a little bit okay. um, and so especially with such a big one, we just you know last year we really found that the longer it sat, the better it was, and so we built in just some additional conditioning time this year as well okay, so this won 't be released for a while then be out in about a month or so. okay, awesome. Awesome! Wow, it's. Uh, well, I'm gonna run around and
0: tell people I had it. And then, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> is it on social media yet? Because I feel like I don't think it's, it's on not. A, it's definitely not on. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, no, no, I mean on Tasty's on Tasty's social media. Because I feel like up. you're you're missing an opportunity here, man. Uh, I just, scoop I'm tasty just saying. Up. Shit, <laughs> be the first! <laughs> right? Oh my God! Uh, wow, that that uh, that red wine character really comes through, man. And is it is it boosted by the the raspberries? I mean, is that why you guys added the raspberries in there to just kind of emphasize these more red wine probably sounds stupid no no like red wine characteristics but not red wine because exactly what we did sometimes if you have like you know beer and red wine barrels and there's enough wine in there you can kind of get that oxidized two-day-old bottle of wine taste in there this doesn't have that uh, you know, really what we did is we, we tasted it about six months in and looked at, like, what was the highlights of the
7: you know flavors. And I brought those to Jesse and kind of like, hey, I'm tasting this. I'm tasting that. He came down and tasted the barrels with us. I'm tasting this. I'm tasting that. Yeah. And we just kind of picked the things we wanted to emphasize. So in each beer, you know, the Muscat had this sort of apricotty nose like Muscat does. So we threw apricots in along with it. Okay. And this one, we were just getting kind of like a very woody sort of berry flavor, like um, almost blackberry, very red, raspberry. And uh, okay, we started on raspberry with that one, sort of that like um, almost uh, like the like the, the seeds of the of, of the berry.
0: Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you'll get those like those fat raspberries. Um, that have a lot of the, I don't know, what the core r- inside, right, or whatever, that all the berries are on, or whatever. Yeah, there's, a,
7: there's a really cool word for that.
0: With I'm sure there is. <laughs> um, uh, I, it's yeah. not as cool as biotransformation, I'm sure. but um, <laughs> No, but like, and Damn sometimes it. you'll like chew on that and you're like, ah, there's a lot of ex- excess material that's not juice. Yeah, tannin sort of flavor, right? Like yeah, tannin, like astringency that kind of mm-hmm. comes together. Yeah. So we I,
7: thought we'd be I we'd get like a cherry character out of it. Cherry.
5: I think the vanilla sort of moves in that direction. And then the uh, tannin, sort of like a seed sort of, you know, character at the end reminds me of like cherry pit sort of uh, hmm. sensation, even though it probably doesn't have a real cherry pit flavor. It's just the tannin
7: sort of like uh, well, the, that character. I agree 100%. Yeah, and yeah. the
9: base beer is like an imperial Flanders Red kind of malt bill. Oh, I uh, so I think we're pulling out, it really highlights, so we, it's, a, it's based on a version of our dog patch sour, which is our sort of Flanders Red inspired sour. Um, and so we do an imperial version of it here, but we think those malt notes really support those flavors as well.
0: There, I like it. I think it's, it's really a ri- good, man. That's really good.
1: Do you macerate the grapes too here, or do you?
0: They're, they're already pressed juice. Yeah, they come in as
9: juice for us. Okay, so it's a lot easier actually. That's way less labor <laughs> yeah. intensive. So you get
0: <laughs> get the juice right from the, the yeah. Vineyard? They press it
9: at the winery and then no, the truck down, okay. uh, truck down to us, and then we pump it into it yeah. into the stainless tank. Into you know, we basically brew a half batch. Of the base beer, and then we pump the grape juice on top of it. And this is when I describe this with the wine maker that works with us. He just looks at me with like abject horror that we would, right. that we would yeah. treat wine in such a way. And I'm like, no, this is how we treat our adjunct ingredients. That's what we we want to get it in there and get that fermenting, you know, yeah. and get hmm. it you know get it blended and make it a part of that beer.
1: So, so do you do the the primary with just the the, the malt based sugars first? Is it re- yeah. terminal before adding the the wine?
7: Yeah, it's like a thirteen percent, twelve percent imperial sour, um, and then we uh, we we throw that juice in there, and then uh, then the yeast is very unhappy, so we discard <laughs> that yeast, <laughs> <laughs> and then we start all over again for the next one. Why just all that shock? They're it's just, just a not- very high ABV, so we don't harvest from that. But yeah, okay. So how much right. of
1: the how much of the alcohol content comes from just the the malt sugars?
7: It's almost 50/50, which okay. works out really well it's for 51.
1: the, exactly. <laughs> all the legal 51.
7: Exactly. That's legally. 51 fucking kill, dude. <laughs> dude. You're the
1: You're the yeah. big guy.
4: Who is
0: this guy? <laughs> 51%. <I see. laughs> uh yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a splendid beer, man. I don't necessarily I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell that there's vanilla in here. Really? It's very subtle. I mean, yeah. I'm
9: getting I'm getting tons
0: of vanilla on there. Really? Too, yeah, I think too. it smells like mm. pie
9: on the taste, too. Yeah. It smells like
5: cherry pie to
0: me. I mean, it I'm, smells I'm like just pie, that. but I don't put I'm vanilla kidding, in my cherry, cherry pie. So I don't, like, to me, those two things aren't...
9: You don't put vanilla in your cherry pie? No. No, no, yeah. you don't
0: know, typically. It's just that uh, I think that, that ester brings it towards the cherry. To me, it... But what it your face is screwed up. Like, you're holding back a fart. What that's do you? What do you that's, want...
6: That's just how my face looks.
0: Okay, well, you look like you want to say something.
6: Well, I just don't... I think you're wrong. I think... You do put vanilla in your cherry pie and you just don't realize it. I don't. Vanilla extract.
1: No, Taryn puts.
0: Yeah, I don't put it in my cherry, cherry pie. pie. This isn't a cooking show. Welcome to the Baking Network. <laughs> it can be whatever <laughs> yeah, we no want it to be. Wait, are we like, talking we, about cherry pie? But I think yeah. you're wrong. We can talk about SpaceX. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. We'll do whatever we want.
9: Uh, but we like, you know, vanilla oftentimes uh, has such an affinity with oak flavors mm-hmm. that oak, I mean, you know, actually like fake vanilla flavor tends to be made out of wood even. That's that the affinity so strong. Oh. And so we actually really, like, you know, we always uh, for this beer, we always bring in, you know, special barrels. So red wine barrels that we just sourced, freshly Fresh. dumped younger as well to try and pull out more oak flavor because, you know, it's something special. Yeah. And I think yeah. the oak really helps smooth over uh, that alcohol Uh, Because it's a very very high alcohol sour beer. And then the other thing we've actually, you know, and we've been playing around with this in some of our other beers is um, acetic acid in, you know, in sours. And this is something that came out of Jeffers and his dropping acid in the TA stuff is that. Um, a small amount of acetic acid is oftentimes kind of the secret ingredient to a lot of sour beers. That if you put a lot of it, you've got a lot of that acetic production. Um, it uh, well, it tastes like you're drinking vinegar, um, and uh, yeah. I don't like that at all. Is that um, the
0: the nail polish remover character? That's the uh, no, that's that's, else. that's the uh, ester.
7: Uh,
9: yeah. No, this is acetic is like vinegar, like yeah, like, okay. like balsamic vinegar, like red oh. wine vinegar, oh, okay, right. um, like real same, vinegar. Same chemical. From,
7: okay. Like right. I always think you get right. like that tingling
9: on like the back sides of your tongue and like your throat when you get it. Uh-huh. Um, but what's amazing is that when you have a very very small amount of it below perception threshold, it adds an incredible amount of complexity to the beer. And in mm-hmm. fact, um, that is oftentimes, and this has actually come out of like a, I know like White Labs has done some research on this as well with, uh, and presented at CBC. And this is a big thrust with um, the Firestone education on TA is that it's that complexity in the joining together of these acids in the beer that makes for that really complex profile. Mm-hmm. And so what we found is vanilla- and the uh, acetic acid character actually go together very, very nicely <laughs> and sort of merge together. And I, I really like the balance on this where we've got that in there, but it sort of it blends a little bit with that red wine tannic note, too. Yeah. But the idea is it should not be salad dressing. It's got to be really, really tamped out. <laughs> Thank you, you for know? that, <laughs> by the way. There's a, enough there's a sour
0: beer out on the market that
1: tastes like that. And so do you keep? that acetic acid producing bacteria just in this beer or is it in all of them just
7: to- no so i mean uh you you said acetate or you i think you said the uh the, the uh,
0: ac- na- uh, nail, nail polish so yeah so,
7: so acetate's the ester of acetic um yeah. and so, so acetic isn't just a, a acetobacter. uh brett makes acetic um so we're really not not looking for acetic acid in particular we're looking for acetate it's like a real thing we're looking for mm-hmm. um and that 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 comes from brett um um so so acetate's more floral in small quantities, it's very fruity in small quantities, but yeah, definitely in large quantities it's solventy. Mm-hmm. So that we found okay. that, that the vanilla and that ester are, are kind of really cool. So it's uh, we're not we're, we're definitely not using, you know, acetobacter barrels by any means. We're using barrels that are that Brett <laughs> has got a little tiny bit of oxygen into it. Yeah. Okay. You know, very long-term aging and there's a small amount of acetate, but that small amount uh, goes a long way. And that's coming way. from the Brett. That's coming like, from Brett. Okay. Yeah. It's not there's Not a nice this. parallel
9: okay. over to like what we were talking about with brewing salts and calcium in the beer too, where it's that um, the building block, lower level flavor mm-hmm. that then promotes the things you're really looking Precursors.
0: for. Precursors. Yeah. Okay, got it. And this being a Flanders kind of base style, um, there's a lot of Flanders. Like the uh, the big one, the big culprit to me is the Duchess mm-hmm. de Bourgeon, or however you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Um, that it just always tastes like nail polish remover to me sure. just always yeah. and uh, even rodenbach i can't i can't drink rodenbach i think well, it's they're too sweet and i mean both of those are and pasteurized
9: and back sweetened too okay so. okay
0: this
7: beer is zero play-doh so it, there's not really anywhere for uh, it's 0.3 play-doh there's nowhere for vinegar to hide you know
0: yeah okay yeah and it's i mean it, it, so every time i hear flanders i'm like i don't i don't want because of that nail polish remover but i think you guys are kind of going about it the right way which, in case you didn't know that, well, thank you. I can tell you that I wouldn't
9: call it a Flanders. I would call it sort of inspired or Flanders by, style. But, yeah, okay, right. But I right. get like very sensitive to I, you know, kind of consider a lot of the classic Belgian styles, especially, to be holy. Like I would never describe it. I would never put the word lambic in any context. On <laughs> never,
0: never. Okay. No. Are you a, are you a, a guy who uses the high, the lambic style, or no, do you? Just I mean, stay I, away from it in general. I
9: mean, I kind of feel like you should be in Patent Land if you're going to call it lambic style and. I know we're being unfair to all the other beer styles that we're happy to steal from, and, you know, and, and, and whatnot. But I, you know, those are special beers, and they're very inspirational for us. And we feel like that—that that is sort of set aside and special. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't, you know, we just call it our, our imperial red. Okay. Uh, sour is, is there a, is there a generic term for
5: American style sour beer other than just American? St- so I'm sorry. There's, there's other categories, right? How about like American tart? Like well, that yeah. Would go all the way
9: from Goza to. Yeah, hmm. I mean, this it's is tar- like something brewers. This is, I feel like, something brewers love to argue about right now. <laughs> uh, there was a at the craft brewers conference. There was actually a panel talking about this, huh. where I got up and everyone yelled at me. <laughs> um, but you know, and must be out of tomatoes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's you know, I think. Um, People get really hung up on the term sour for describing the beer category. Um, I like it. I understand the reason people don't like it is they think it's derivative. It boils everything down. It boils everything down to just one flavor profile. When in fact the beer styles you know represent so much more. But the how much sour intensity
5: itself is a, is a big variability,
9: right? Yeah, but I I mean I guess my point is I really have no problem with calling a Brett beer a sour that I would fold that it's it, so even even though it's not it acidic, even though it's not acidic, you can call in that sour category. And the reason is that people buy beers that say sour on the label, and our goal is hmm. to get more hand. Made craft, you know, sour beer into people's faces and get them to try it. And so yeah. I'll call I'll call it anything anything on the label except lambic that <laughs> uh, that you know gets people to try it. I, I get it. Sure. So it doesn't bo- it, the name sour doesn't bother me for
7: the All category. Right.
5: I'm just thinking more from a style
0: description. Uh, yeah.
7: Yeah. Enter a category. category. <clears throat> All of our bread beers are mixed fermentation anyway
0: for the most part. Right. Okay. Is that something you want to push, Tasty? You want to try to, let's start, let's start a movement. Let's start a fucking hashtag up in this piece. The indie tart style. Yeah. Independent tart brewery. Yeah. Well,
9: when people say tart, usually their tart's a euphemism for something else. You know, I mean, all of the beers we're talking, you know, all of our beers, these are all uh, soured the slow way in the barrel. We don't do any kettle souring process or anything like that. And usually when people say tart, they're implying in some way that it's uh, either a kettle sour or something else.
5: But to me, isn't that to me, that's the low end of Sour sure. is tart. That could be derived, uh, you know, in the kettle or it could be derived in the, in the barrel. right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying that's just a starting point. But yes, typically those are all uh, kettle sours that are uh, tart.
7: Ugh. You know, your question about the, uh, you know, like is there a name for American sours and stuff like that, I really like what Russian River is dealing with, oh, with like it? the synambic or yeah, you know, yeah, with spontaneous. The- it's like an homage to the, yeah. you know, to, to lambic without... Without directly copying that name, you know, okay. everyone gets the, where the riff's from. But I really like that technique. So, what would, what would you call your? Uh, we don't have a, a, a county that's easy enough to, to you know, <laughs> make a cool rhyme yet. Take, In an, take an interesting
5: place, like yeah.
7: you know, <laughs> Tenderloinic Landic. Yeah, Tender <laughs> yeah Tender
5: <Tender-lambic>.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys start down there? I don't know. I'm we need to do some like, ideation sessions on the name for sure. <laughs> Mission hillock I don't know. <laughs> Dog <patch
0: pick. laughs> That rolls off the fucking tongue. You're almost welcome. as good as geranium Wall. Trademark that. That's exactly how you say it. Bill's going to be like, I can't work for this brewery anymore. If you guys are going to start messing. Okay. Uh, so have you guys ever done?
5: I'm sorry. You want to go
0: somewhere? I was going to move on to the next I just want to
5: ask him, what, did you guys ever do a wild fermentation?
9: Uh? Uh, spontaneous fermentation? Yeah. We have. <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, Come on, Well, let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have not. Although it's certainly on, it's on our
7: on our list yes. we're gonna get there yeah. we we've do, done it
9: we've done it at other people's breweries is what we tend to do you
7: haven't done it on purpose we did a cool <laughs> ship trip with arizona wilderness boys which was really fun What's uh, that? uh That's so really
5: cool road, sh- road trip with people
7: yeah work. so uh, the Arizona brewing trip yeah the, oh, i uh, think i
5: remember seeing some funness quit
7: the folks down in arizona wilderness uh hosted a trip and they invited about 20 breweries out to it and uh the idea was we go camping uh so we we brew a turbid mash you know lambic inspired wort mm-hmm. aged hops and then uh we pump it into a barrels at you know boiling temps. So we don't chill it, and we drive it up to the mountain, and then we pump it into a very uh, small mobile cool ship that was built in the back of the truck.
0: Okay. All right.
7: We leave it out overnight. Uh, we we drink a lot of whiskey and port. Pour and it a lot. You know, once the beer's you know. gone. And uh, the next morning, we rack it back into barrels, and that's going to ferment out in their brewery. And the idea is that we're going to do this around the country. I think this idea, every brewery that was involved in other breweries can take this idea and Uh, do a spontaneous, you know, where you're at and figure out the flavors. You know, maybe the beer will never come to fruition. Maybe what comes out of it never is, you know, will never be um, (laughs) drinkable. Drinkable, No, absolutely. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there was so much of this this trip that was based on just talking about, you know, beer and just getting to know all the people you you work with as peers Mm -hmm. that, you know, really I'm a fanboy of. I trade for their beers, right? And uh, (laughs) it's really cool to kind of get that perspective where we're just kind of sitting around a campfire and, and talking about our craft. And it's all tied to one crack. project yeah. of yeah spontaneous fermentation. In drinking whiskey and port, and drinking whiskey and port <laughs> together, sherry I think is what Jeffers brought. Yeah.
5: Wait a minute! So how long <laughs> The turban mash must have got you pretty drunk? That's like eight hours, isn't
7: it? <laughs> you know, I, I got to be I got to be uh, honest and give credit where credit's due. The, the, the brewer that came in that morning came in much earlier oh, yeah. than everybody else. I see. Yeah! Wow! You got it right. started much earlier. Sure. That would have been a
5: drunk fest. Too. Yeah. No, oh, my we God. started the night
7: before. So he. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It'd be yeah, crazy. It takes a long time. Yeah. We've done some no pitch stuff, though. Where we're really happy with uh, oh. the results, and we want to continue and sort of investigate further, which is uh, just knocking out wort in the barrels that we're super happy with. Like, oh, yeah. We'll clean them, mm. and the wood, whatever's in the wood, is mm. kind of gonna get you know ferment out for us.
9: But I don't like when people call that spontaneous.
7: That's not spontaneous. No. That's, that's not spontaneous. No, well, that's I guess reason, not. Right? Yeah, yeah. because there's. Because you put the bugs in there. Just because the pitch is in the right? wood doesn't mean the pitch ain't there. I mean, I feel like right. this is my
9: traditionalist speaking, but no pit. You, when you say spontaneous, you have to mean cool ship. Absolutely. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Uh, you really oh. need to mean cool ship.
0: Not well, even like a bucket. I mean well, I don't know. know.
9: So, a small but
7: how big of a bucket?
9: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. We need to work <laughs> this out.
7: <laughs> to me, spontaneous means it's inoculant from the air. Okay. ambient air. Yeah. Anything else is uh, is, is is a small pitch.
0: Is you put it there yeah. regardless of how small it is. Just because
7: there's five cells doesn't mean you didn't pitch it. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: I right. Never, I never thought okay.
5: about this. As a home brewer, you could just like you know, oxygenate your work with just Ambient air, right? Wouldn't it be the same
0: thing. Blow bubbles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's basically what everybody does, every Mollie, homebrew in the world Mollie. until they get a until they this get isn't a, right? there's there's a little device
5: thing, you yes. can get <laughs> it. Right, yeah. I've so done you, it. You've actually done the.
0: Uh, how did it turn out?
1: It turned
5: pretty
3: good. I mean, yeah. we, we let tell it... the
0: microphone though, yeah. now. All All right, right, pull sorry. it towards you. Yeah, Here, we... don't be afraid of it. Not that close. Sorry. Okay. All right, good. No, I'm fucking with you. Go ahead.
3: It turned out pretty good. I mean, we let it sit for a year, and
1: then we pitched raspberries on top of it, and then we let it sit for another four or six months, but. At the end of it, it was a pretty good sour style of beer that just got garage air from Orange County. You know, musty garage sea air from Orange County. There you go.
0: Some of that uh, air was probably in Disneyland, so but, it's okay.
1: And it, some of it was smog from China.
9: Well, what oh. I think spontaneous fermentation is one of the most interesting ways to. We were talking about that idea of terroir. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the best ways to bring a sense of terroir. So what you know sure. we call lambic and goose that is the patent land. You know that sort of. It's really suburbs south of <laughs> Brussels, basically. Uh, you know that region. That is that is lambic, and that is their terroir at play there. But I think as we see other breweries around, like Allagash is playing around with this, Chester King's playing around with this. Obviously, we've got like a Beatification. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are really really cool, interesting expressions of literally the flora in the air. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, it can work out for sure. There's a safer version of a of a brewery I'm really excited about in Philly called um, uh Forest of Maine, and uh, what they do is they harvest yeast um from wildflowers in the spring around their brewery off of trees, you know, blossoms. And that's their pitch for the entire year for their saison. So it's not truly spontaneous cuz they grow it up from that pitch. But that's the way they get it. It's an ambient yeast that's just present in the air. I feel like that's a nice hybrid that you know is kind of yeah. safe and homebrewers can do this all the time you can you can take uh you can take wort uh i would recommend pre-acidifying it um if you're gonna try and capture something from the air around you mm-hmm. okay uh, for safety for safety and, and it's just actually for growth i mean a lot of these microbes are, are are you know involved in fruit you know you know like breaking down fruit and rotten rotten fruit right so that's how oh. they live sure. actually. um so acids gets produced so they're happier with it. it's a tiny bit of acidity anyway so pre-acidifying your wort and trying to um, capture something in the wild, you know the way that they're doing, and I think it's a cool, cool idea. Just grow it up if it tastes great, you know. Use it again if it doesn't. Try it again, yeah. maybe another time, another, another plant, another flower.
5: Yeah. I mean, okay. Go, ten, go out ten different times, ten different places.
7: Yeah. Which one you like the best?
1: How How would you pre-acidify your wort?
7: So there is the technique of sour kettling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you you know, Drop
5: uh, some phosphoric acid. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
7: Yeah. You know, I, mean, there's, there is, there's, I mean, if you're just gonna, trying to grow something and not drink it, um, you're talking about a one-liter flask of wort, you know, you're going to try and you know, inoculate. <laughs> and what pH uh, would be? So, I mean, the food grade, safe is anything below 4.4 is not going to kill you. So, I mean, that's, that typically tends to be like fermented beer. Um, so it's not, we're not talking about the sm- like a large amount of acid, but you can add food grade citric, lactic, phosphoric, anything that's food grade. Uh, and just bring that wort below... You know, four 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 three, something like that, where you, you know nothing that can grow can hurt you. Um, there's something about spontaneous beer that no one ever talks about, and it's it's a, it's a, you know I, I don't think there's a documented case, but you know uh, if the beer doesn't ferment in time and it's sitting out there ambient, you could have some enteric bacteria produce some, sure. some toxins. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a possibility there. Yeah. So as a homebrewer, I think it'd be safe to
0: pre-acidify your work. Yeah,
7: yeah. And, and those,
5: <coughs> those are available at most homebrew supply stores. Yes
0: acidify for growth yeah. for, 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 for growth and just for your own safety for yeah. life you know what else helps with the growth and safety and life what? Warren, adam and eve oh yeah yeah uh you can check out this latest deal from adam and eve uh when you use coupon code BnArmy, army not jamil as my copy suggests uh you get 50 percent off almost any one item uh three free dvds uh, f- something called a free power o vibrating ring uh, in case you didn't need help, guys. Is the, the power's free. Um, that was free. What, what part's free? I don't know. I think the I think the power vibrating ring is free. Oh, it's, it's the whole it's, thing. It's, it's its own, you get a lot of things for free. Wow, that's so many things. Have you not learned this from Adam and Eve, dude? They give you <laughs> tons of free stuff. Wow, like a free power. Free power. Free power. Well, yeah. you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come already with a fucking battery in it. What? I mean everything shipped with a battery well, even these days, right? The free battery. Well, do they, they have to? There's free packaging too. Free plastic around the Anyway, um and with free shipping, just go to adameve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a piece of lingerie for, you know, for growth, or anything you desire. Just enter code uh, BNARMY at checkout. And that's, uh, don't forget, you'll get 50% off almost any item, three free DVDs, a Power O vibrating ring for free. I had to clarify that for Warren. And free shipping, AdamandEve.com, everybody. Don't read it again. No, we'll never read that again. Uh, Let's check out the, where, oh, you got the, uh, the Blondale. No, I don't need it. I just needed to, I just thought I was losing my mind for a second. I drank mine and needed more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about this. Now, this is brewed with the uh, Muscat uh, grapes and apricots. Yep. Uh,
9: I love muscat wow. wine I really really like muscat uh, It's got that sort of
0: lychee Tropical floral oh character God, to yeah. it. I mean the, the aroma in this is amazing I want to buy it as a perfume for my wife
9: I actually yeah I think it has kind of a, like A real
0: sort of noyo,
9: which is the French Name for the bitter almond wow. pit so think like Marzipan almond kind of character mm. I really get that kind of coming through on the nose Here Wow And,
0: and those that's, apricots that's come through film. right at the end man Yeah this is great Thank you very much this is my favorite. I like this one more. I'm going to be honest with you. I like the last one, but whatever. That's the hey, liability. We'll fight of later. All. We'll fight I like the, the last lot. One it's fine.
9: I'm Russell. I feel like when you do two, <laughs> there's always going to be a favorite.
7: There <laughs> so. has to be, right? That's just, yeah. that's just the way we are. I'm which I g- I g- is your favorite twin? Be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now with the you, taller one. Just out of curiosity, the would you, twin, you reach for red wine
9: or white wine normally if you're in drink wine?
0: You know, it's been shifting a lot towards white wine more. There we go. I am a big red wine fan. Um, but uh, I just joined my first wine club, so you know I know a little bit about wine. I just want to point that <laughs> out. Um, well, I rarely drink a wine, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not,
5: I'm not dialing into the wine character in the beer. I'm just getting you know just a general.
0: Yeah, I've never fruity, had
5: muscat.
7: That's what I want to hear. Yeah, it's just an enjoyable fruity <laughs> yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah,
5: and with the oak character, I get the muscat. I get a little bit of sauv blanc too. Honestly,
0: mm-hmm. you're a drinker. You're oh, a wine yeah. drinker.
5: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, the beer. Not a, why aren't you a would... wine drinker? Tasty, come on. What's wrong with you? Well,
5: you? know, it's a higher ABV than I drink. What I drink at, and uh... mm,
0: that's true. Wine, red wine especially, gives predict.
5: me acid
9: oh. reflux, which I don't get from sour beer. Uh, but but red yeah. wine tends huh. to bother me.
1: Does your red beer give you acid reflux?
9: I wasn't having any problems tonight, so <laughs> we'll see in about
0: we went, two hours. That was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
9: We're still on the air, though. It's minute so. by minute here.
0: This is fantastic. I Thank like you. it. This is a, yeah, just a very refreshing. It's, a it's scary that it's ten six whatever it is. There you go. I got cheersed. Um, it's scary. I want to drink more, and I don't. I don't drink a lot of ABV, high ABV stuff, except for like wine.
7: We've been cracking them, you know, just kind of tasting them, you know, every every week to see how they're going and progressing, and yeah. you know, how's it aging out well. And uh, it's definitely a scary thing to open, Jesus, uh, right? Before you leave, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before you have to do anything like important, wow. you're like, "Oh man, this is way bigger than I imagined it would be." But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't drink that way at all.
0: It I got to meet the similar. mayor. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
5: come it come really highs the alcohol. It's not not there at all.
0: What's I'm, changing? When I'm the, feeling it. I'm, I didn't. I couldn't right. Taste it. Yeah, no, right? Yeah. No, there's no, there's no way. So um, it's bone dry. If you told me, it, sorry, if you told me it was like eight percent, I'd be like, "Oh, sure, okay, great." You know, it, I think it's a lot of it's
7: just the bone dry, but how much fruit's really in there? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you won't believe me, but there is thousands of pounds of apricots in there, and uh, I think that's kind of breaking up, you know, sort of that uh,
0: that ABV. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good beer. So so how is that changing from week to week when you said you're, you're cracking bottles? So um, a lot
7: of, um, you know, a lot of, barrel uh, you know, bottle-conditioned things or barrel-aged things, they suffer from, a, I believe it's from lacto, but there's a... a bottle shock they call it cheerio or something like that right it's a uh, uh i think it's such a hydropyridine is the chemical we think it is yeah, um so totally. that happens with oxidation and lactobacillus and brett's really good at cleaning it up so a lot of times when, when barrel you know sour beers are packaged young or if they're only force carved things like that uh, exclusively they'll they'll have this flavor that um it's kind of mousy kind of cheerio flavor it's like kinda. grape
9: nuts like after mm-hmm. you swallow you know is how i always hmm. think of it
7: and, uh, and so that, that's something that we're always kind of looking, you know, looking out for, I, I think it is a flaw, you know, it's a flaw to me personally, some people actually like it. So it's whatever, you know, if you like, you like it, whatever you drink, would you like? Yeah. No. Um, so we're looking at that, we're looking at the total carbonation of the bottle and then there's just something that's kind of like an off-putting sulfury sort of poopiness that comes about, um, you know, racking all these barrels together and they kind of threw themselves out and then going you know it's a very kind of um, aggressive um transfer that we have to do you know the volume that we're transferring over and just the nature of how we do it that these barrels really just want to be left with no oxygen ever touching them the mm-hmm. beer and uh, the transfer process just brings in a little bit of oxygen and it takes a while for it to kind of figure itself out again okay. okay you taste the blend and then you taste the bottle and you're disappointed and then you wait for the bottle to sit for three weeks and you're 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 happy again
0: does it line kind of back up with the blend for the most part or is there a change that's permanent that you can kind of count on i
7: think there's some highlights that get lost you know there's the fruit's always brightest when it's youngest and as long as it ages out the fruit kind of changes and some of it you know might become other flavors but some of it just kind of drops off um i think i think for us it's 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 really just looking for that um those off flavors that we think associated with uh, the transfer process to go away, you know, that, that Cheerio flavor, that sort of things just kind of taste muddled when they're, when they're young Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm
7: -hmm. uh, you know, let them serve for a few weeks and just figure themselves out in a good way. Brett has a good, Brett has a habit of wiping its own butt. (laughs) beer Almanac (laughs) (laughs) Brett has a way of
0: wiping that's a t-shirt
9: well I think the beer you know the beer
1: is alive
9: you know and I think that's what we're you know and how the beer gets treated and this is so true especially with like a lot of the new IPAs we're seeing where that level of coddling you know brings out that little bit extra and so for you know the the barrels that really sort of settle out and stabilized but then when you empty all of these barrels back together again these living things are now interacting and you've basically made something new you know especially when you're blending like a large number of barrels you know we've got over over 100 barrels to be blended into this wow um and so uh when we when we put that together you know that needs time to kind of sort itself out and settle back down and again that coddling and so it's that that opportunity to let it sort of become its sort of true self and figure itself out and you know the advantage of you know with a lot of the sour and barrel aging is that uh Time time heals all wounds with these beers. And so we put them together, and things get a little sort of wacky. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we package it, and it sort of settles back down again.
7: Okay. Very cool. I mean, there's some things that time will never heal for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right.
7: But those go down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> Just like life, just just like yeah. love.
0: <laughs> Sometimes your life goes down the drain, there are portions of it. Uh, I'll never forget. Brett wipes its own ass. <laughs> yeah,
7: that's true. That's very. I true. wasn't sure I could say ass. I was like, uh, you, you can fucking what? say whatever you want. Yeah, it was, sure. Like, I kids on homebrew, do they? You talk about it as,
5: no. You talk about it as a sexual organ if you like. This is pretty wide open here.
7: Anus. Brett wipes its own ass what? and oh. An oh. anus. Yeah. We can talk.
0: About, we can talk about the butt as its own sexual <laughs> organ if you want. <laughs>
7: <laughs> we have a new beer name. Tasty Oregon. I think Tasty can keep that one.
0: Uh,
5: that might be a homebrew thing, but you can never, never get that. do get Tasty.
0: Uh, uh, no, tasting room only kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: That's when you can sell the back of your car for
0: sure <laughs> <laughs> It would be the most appropriate place to sell it. I feel like. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, guys, we're gonna let you go. I, I appreciate the beers and and the time i think everything was tasting really great thank you
9: cheers thanks yeah. for having us and, and, and i region. appreciate
0: wonderful. the scoop on the beers um yeah. we get denied scoops all the time that asshole mitch Steele promised me because i'll tell you guys when uh, we'll come on the show and i'll tell you where we're opening the new brewery facebook <laughs> fucker well
1: he, he didn't say how he was going to tell you <laughs> <But> that's true <laughs> that's true uh but this
0: is this has been really cool i really appreciate it cheers thanks for having us thank this you for having awesome. us where can uh, our listeners learn more about your
9: beers you can find us online at almanacbeer.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, probably the best way to follow us. Okay. At Almanac Beer. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh I feel like those are all the ways to find us.
0: Okay, very good. And you guys are are you guys nationwide or in select states, or is that information on the website? We're
9: in about fifteen states, so you can find us all over the West Coast. Uh, Did I
0: see you're in Maine recently? Or I don't think
9: I don't believe we're in Maine yet. No, we're we're in New York. We're in Boston. We're in Philly, Vermont, Vermont. Maybe it was Vermont, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Denver, Mm. Chicago area. Just launched Michigan, Arizona. Tasting room. Massachusetts, yeah, yeah we, we have a tasting room opening. Uh, oh, this, oh, really? This fall we're, in San Francisco. At? That's opening on Twenty Fourth Street in the Mission. Okay. Uh, so we're, uh, we'll be open this one right before the end of the year. Is the idea? So, <laughs> okay. So I April the the year, next idea, year, fingers, something like no, that. No, we're really serious <laughs> about it. We're going to get it. We're going to get it open. But okay, cool. Uh, we've never had a tasting room. This is our first tasting room, so we're we're incredibly excited to, to be able to share it
0: with all of you. And That's off the brewery site. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, so it's like yeah. a little bar kind yeah, of a a thing. Yeah, a little dedicated tasting room i'll we'll have a full kitchen as well. Oh, full kitchen. Oh, cool. Yes. Wow. Do you have to call it a tasting room or are you well, there's eight questions involved in that, I guess. Uh are you going to have just your own beers or just our uh, guest beers too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay <laughs> So you don't know yet
9: uh, I think what I, uh, I think the 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 detailed Boring wonky answer Is we will prob We'll have the ability To serve guest beers mm-hmm. uh, But we can We can fill all those handles
7: No oh, problem Totally
0: Yeah so, yeah And uh, I guess And that was the second part Is like do you have to call it A tasting room Or are you, you know uh, I think I mean? we're like allowed To call it whatever want No or, okay. we can call it whatever we want oh, Okay so. Okay That's cool and
9: We're going to call it it's, The official name is Almanac San Francisco
0: Okay Very cool I'm stoked about it. Me too. Please let us know when uh, when it happens. You, we'll we, come down there. You then. will be the first to know. Tasty found sure, a picture wait. of this dude with beer spelled in his beard. It's a beard.
9: Oh, that's from uh, that's from JBF. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I
9: saw him
7: walking around. <laughs> I uh, there was yeah, more I pret- there was more pretzel crumbs in it. When I have I I like no
0: easy.
1: urge to touch that at all.
0: <laughs> no, here Warren, check that out. Let's Try to do something with you. We'll, come on, Warren, you can beat yeah. that all shit. Ladies.
1: Ugh, yeah. I have no desire to do that.
0: But it looks, I mean, look, it looks better than I thought it would. I'll tell you that right now. You wouldn't let that guy wear your beer T-shirt, would you? No, he doesn't get one. (laughs) He doesn't get one. Uh, All right, we're going to let you guys go. We're going to take a break here, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about GABF. We're going to talk with Sully uh, coming off his big uh, GABF win and uh, just a little bit about how beer judging works on the professional side. It's uh, the session. It's not Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to The Brewcasters Brewcasters. on The Brewing Network. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moyland's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour, Moylan's. Gotta love that big M. It's like a
9: sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this
4: bad boy. Oh, Easy co- bread. oh yeah. Oh, Moilens.
9: The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's
2: Moilens time. Moilens is for you. Yeah! It's to help
9: you out. Yeah. It helps me out.
2: What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With
9: love. Oh yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moilens.
3: Gotta try it on tap at Moilens in Novato. They're freaking awesome! Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com.
6: Oh yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat, but I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how
3: long it's been since they cleaned the draft lines. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer?
2: Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone certification program. We know beer.
3: Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's evil twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic
2: beers near you, click on Find Some at HereticBrewing.com. You're
3: listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, Radio.
0: all right thanks for hanging out everybody you're welcome got a couple more things to cover and then we can get out of here which i'm excited about fucking tacos it's taco night it's taco monday Feel yeah. like ch- is ch- that the day of the week that it normally is? No, it's Tuesday or whatever. <laughs> but like, why does ta- why do tacos need a day? Why do you need an excuse to drink to eat tacos? Well, I even wonder why it's not Taco Thursday. There's two days that it could have been, isn't it? Why can't it be both? We, have we have should Taco try Thursday.
1: that out. We have Taco Thursday near us and Tuesday.
0: Well, look at you, yeah, Southern California, yeah. Well, I feel like you're closer to Mexico. We are, um, yeah. So significant. No, I fe- I don't know if you are for sure. but That's my feeling. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Is his feeling right? (laughs) Who knows? I don't know if my feeling is right, but I'll tell you what is right beersmith using beersmith loving beersmith downloading beersmith on your computer getting a 21 day free trial from beersmith.com brad at beersmith is working hard to make sure that you have the latest up-to-date information on all the stuff that you need all the little gadgets and gizmos and and uh you know fine-tuning all the information that you need to to really keep track of your beer and make consistent beer and and make good beer And, and also let's be honest have fun you have you know have fun brewing part of brewing is is record keep, keeping and why wouldn't you uh, use the best software you can to keep records and to create recipes beersmith.com 21 day free trial brah i mean come on it's not going to get cheaper than free dude hmm, right feel, well i guess you,
1: <laughs> you don't agree with that statement <laughs> <laughs> well i mean he could pay you but that's not really cheaper
0: yeah, it's so, not, yeah, it's it's not like it, you wouldn't say yeah this cost me negative ten dollars yeah, it's the cheapest <laughs> I got paid for it <laughs> but that you're in another realm well you're yeah. always in another realm I guess yes. so yeah
1: I'm so meta <laughs> that's how you use
0: that word right <laughs> you're in the upside down dude you should have been on Stranger Things <laughs> oh I'm in Australia I don't, I don't
6: think that is how you use that word
0: <laughs> I don't think it's how you use no, that word not. either it's I think not. it's no, how not. Warren use my uses my that cough. word
5: you like like uh, cheaper to the minus one that's what I'm thinking
0: Right, yeah. right. Cheaper to the minus one. Uh, okay, so I did want to chat about uh, GABF. Uh, let me tell Sully just to call it now or now. Whatever. Oh, Sully, yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be stoked. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so real quick, you know, uh, like every year, the uh, the uh, Brewing Network broadcasts the awards at GABF, and, uh, you know, it's, it's too late, you missed it. But actually... Beth, I bet you could go back on live stream and watch them again. Yes, yes. you absolutely yes. can. Okay, yeah. So if you didn't watch it, I mean, it's a, it's a cool thing to do, man. If you won and were there, you could
5: see your name and Yeah. Right. Of course
0: you should go look at it. <laughs> yeah. Get fuckers. a screen grab, dude. Yes. Yeah.
5: yeah. It's
0: really cool it to see. There's a slide here
5: and your thing here.
0: It's great. Yeah. It's really cool to see, like, uh, why is it so loud? What's wrong, Beverly?
6: It's just really loud out it there.
0: And I don't I know why. a ambient. Because will we, be we live next door to a bar. We're in a bar. No. The door is shut. Check twice. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's cool to see like you know people that you know or you know beers. That yeah, you, look you, them up. Drink can like, fast the same, forward. Man. You
5: could look at the category numbers, and you could fast forward to the ones that they won. See them walk up on the stage, get the yeah. picture taken.
0: Yeah, cool shit. It's cool stuff, man. Uh, so we had uh, you know, of course, uh, a few friends win, and of course, uh, like an idiot, I closed the window that I was using to like make yeah. all these notes. Sure. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, there's
5: like eight thousand entries this year. Yeah, and uh, there's only like 270 winners. So,
0: see, and I was wondering about this. Like, uh, you know, is this going to get harder as we get more and more breweries in in the world? Uh, Harder
1: to win, or harder to even compete? I'll
0: just grab Sully. Oh, harder to win. Because you know, like there's well, I don't know the categories. Um, I'm sure they cap out entries. Do they cap out entries at GBF? Yeah, they do. They uh, see how many
5: people want to enter. Yeah. And then they pick that number, apply some math towards the number of judges that could be available. Okay. And then they come up with the number. And this year it was five five
0: entries per brewery. Sully, is that is that right? Do they cap they cap entries for GBF?
4: I I, I don't know about anybody else, but I I I entered a hundred beers. now. <laughs> in the yeah, cream no, we, uh, in 90 category. <laughs> we uh we were we uh, like uh tasty's right it's uh, it's uh, five entries per brewery since and we actually technically have two locations so we entered 10 beers this year.
0: But so you could you could uh well do they have a, like a limit on how many beers uh, or how many breweries Overall, are entering. Do you see you know, what I'm saying? Like, as, as we get yeah. more and more breweries in the world, uh, in the country, are, are they going to be entering more and more beers into a GABF? And are just the categories going to be growing and growing? So, to get a gold means, uh, you know, so much more than it did 10 years ago. And you think in 10 years from now, it's going to be like, wow, that's like the rarest thing.
4: Well, I I don't have my crystal ball with me, so I can't predict the future God just yet. I specifically but, um, asked you has to bring that. big pair of balls. But there, was, I mean, <laughs> there were uh, supposedly eighteen tables judging, um, let's say the IPA category, which had some like three hundred plus uh, entries in that. Wow, yeah. um, half the judges. And- Judge. half the judges exactly time. and it was just you know it's um and you know we ended a couple of beers and that it was like you know winning trying to win the lottery Um <laughs> uh, but you know you're right you hit the nail right on the head I mean right now to win that category um is, is a lot harder than it ever has been.
0: Well, speaking of winning, Al uh, Sully, which is my new favorite two one A beer, uh, debuted at my wedding. I'm just going to be honest. Um, you got gold in the what is it with the American Lager category or no American yeah, Cream Ale or whatever it was.
4: Yeah, American uh, category 38, American style Cream Ale, uh, of which there were 65 entries. Wow. And we beat Pabst, old-style lager. I saw that. Yeah, you know, it kind of funny. Um, but, no, it was great. I mean, uh, yeah, there was also some chatter online about, like, oh, my God, he entered a lager in this uh, American-style yeah. female category. <laughs> but, you know, you're, you've got a lot of listeners who are uh, who are avid homebrewers, and they probably understand that, you know, that that particular category actually allows for, it's a pre-prohibition style, and allows for mixed yeast strains. So you can use um, you know, an ale or a lager strain. And actually... You know what? It's interesting because it is it is hard to win medals this time. So you have to really engineer or, or really dive in deep on these descriptors uh, of you know what these categories are, what they say, what the stats are. Um, you can't be uh, willy nilly and just say because you have an IPA you're going to enter the IPA category. You have to really read it. So that's what I did with this. I actually um, realized that I couldn't enter it. Like let's say there's another category called American style uh, or International style Pilsner. And if you just read the the descriptor of it, it doesn't allow for fruity aromas, um, which uh, which this beer has. It has, we're using the WLP940 yeast, the Mexican ale strain from White Labs, and it produces an herbal, fruity note. Um, and the other thing is the chill haze. So this has, my beer has a slight chill haze. So it's really just trying to find the right spot for it. Um, and when you know I've been judging for seven years now, so in a lot of ways it's been great for me because I. Can and You know, I know that the judges are looking right at that description uh, of you know those 96 categories and uh, and judging against that. So,
0: had you judged this category uh, in years past?
4: You know, I don't think I have. I don't think I have judged it. Um, you know, and as you know, you can't judge the category you're entering your beer in. Um, but uh, no, I don't think I have it. But I, but I made. I, re, I just was thinking back on this, uh, actually, on this trip. Um, where well, I saw Tasty there as well. It was good hanging out with you, my friend. Certainly. Um, and um, I, when I was at Steelhead Brewing Company down at Fisherman's Wharf, I used to make a pre-pro style, uh, which is essentially what American style cream ale is. Okay. So
0: very cool, man.
4: Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I did not, you know, I, I the way I look at these things is, uh, I go there, and if we win, it's fun. I'm not like Roger Davis from, uh, from Faction, who back in the day, you know, he'd, he'd be on suicide watch. He'd have to remove his belt, his shoelaces when they were announcing the winners <laughs> he because he that. didn't right. win. He was, he's out in traffic I, or something. I don't uh, want to see him after that. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Here, look at my butt. Um. Yeah.
5: Hey, so, I can ask you a question.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to like, you know,
5: redo it. But, but in the judging for for the for the competition, the JBF, you're saying that they p- pay a lot of attention to style. You've you've judged with homebrewers, and and you know, who pays more attention to style, the commercial guys or the homebrewers? Uh, you're talking about as brewers go. Yeah, in terms of judging beer. Who's paying more attention to the style guidelines, commercial or the homebrewers?
4: You know, I, I think it's it's a little bit different. I mean, um, there, Chris Swersey, who's the who's the competition director, um, you know, he gets up there uh, every Tuesday, you know, night. We have the judge orientation, and so he's really specific that you need to judge to what it says on the paper. So a lot of times, you'll have other outside influences will eke into conversations, and you have to have that reminder all the time at the table. So you sometimes will have BJCP judges. Who will will, like make a comment about the BJCP, let's Mm. say version of the category, Mm. and you have to kind of go, hey, whoa, 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 hey, buddy, and then you have professional (laughs) brewers who sometimes will say, well, my Vienna Lager, and you're like, whoa, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't even know what your Vienna (laughs) Lager is, you know? Uh, I'm judging these here, so um, you know, I, um, you know, I think that you, you you know, you also get non, you know, uh, beer home brewers or professional brewers. You have people in the trade, you have writers, you know. Journalists and all that, so you get a real good cross section. Any podcasters uh, and podcasters, really? Who are they? I've never heard of them. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever judged with the podcasters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's Isn't Jenny
6: Conah judge?
0: Yeah,
4: uh, he does
6: a podcast.
0: Shut up, Beverly. Look how smart
6: I am.
4: <laughs> I saw Bev there too, and Sam, by the way, working the uh, work in the BN booth. So, Sam is our stock oh, boy. was Sam doing? Oh, stock?
6: We called him Stock Boy. He was
4: Stock Boy. He
6: was, we loved Stock Boy. He was a champion.
4: Yeah, he was standing there with his uh, trucker hat on backwards and uh, playing the part. He's doing a good job. Oh it, was, you know, it was good to see him. It's like been a, a while. <laughs>
0: That's great. Well, it sounds like uh, judging went well. Uh, it sounds like there were a ton of of beer judges, though
4: yeah there was uh, 200 plus judges oh it's great you, you, you get you know it's like this little uh, fraternity uh, fraternal organization where you uh, you know you all get together and you see the same people every year and uh, you know I, I think it's made me a better brewer actually because um, you, you start honing in on like what you know, if you if you want to hunt if you want to be a metal hunter if you want to try to win medals and that's what you do when you enter you want to do when you enter these these beers uh, you become a better brewer you really you know like I Knew that three of the beers I, I entered they had no chance. I just, you know, people, and it, it was almost like you know I, I had a couple of guys with me from the Twenty First Amendment. Uh, Ted Whitney, who's our sales director, and then Rob Bear, who's our national sales manager. And Rob was turning to me like a little kid because we had just won like the, the gold for El Sully, and was sitting there in you know the, in the audience there. And he goes, "Well, what other ones do you think are gonna are gonna do well? Do you have any others you think are gonna win?" And I knew full well that maybe that we had a chance on one because I tasted the beers before we left, it but the descriptor's is kind of a tradition I do. And I just, it's almost like I was telling him he wasn't going to live, like he had cancer or something. <laughs> now, you're going to make it, little buddy. You're going to be okay. We're going to win today. Uh, <laughs> and knowing full well we weren't going to make it. That's probably a terrible example of I that. Said, but um uh, die. Yeah,
0: probably. But that's all right. It fits.
4: But it's a fun, it's a, you know, I urge everybody to go out uh, and see this thing. I mean, it is, it, it's, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's a uh, it's bigger than it ever has been. You know, they've gone, they've expanded it uh, the, some areas at the, um, at the convention center. They have these little value-added things where you can meet brewers. They have tasting events. Um, you know, I knew that the GBF had really kind of, had arrived, I guess you could say, when, you know, probably five years ago, you saw, you saw scalpers out front, <laughs> like professional scalpers, yeah. you know, selling tickets because this thing sells out every year, so...
0: But not not this year, or or no, no, it, still,
4: killed it was sold out for sure. Yeah,
0: no, but I mean, it, it sounded like uh, it sounded like they had like killed the the the, the scalper market because you're right, there were you know, didn't need a ticket, but uh, I, I guess that just will never end. No, no, it won't. All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, you know the comments, Sully, and, and congrats on the gold,
4: bro. Yeah, you know it's it, uh, you know it, it's it was, it's never expected when it happens. It's always like, hey, that's kind of fun. I get to shake bump Charlie Papazian's fist <laughs> frail, and, uh, his frail hand. And then I, when I was up on stage, I did a little shout out to the uh, San Francisco John. I heard so, that. Good job. Good job. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure they need the the uh, PR.
4: How are they doing? You know, actually, I was watching the game a little earlier, and I think it's 3-2 right now, though. I, I don't know what it is. It's A 2nd so.
0: Well, it's still preseason, so they still got a ways to go, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's guy okay, it doesn't give a shit.
4: Yeah, they yeah, no, he doesn't. You any That's time. okay. I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> No, is it, is, it, is it playoffs, or I don't know? I honestly don't know. I really don't. It is postseason, it is, yes. It's the playoffs. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That explains the noise. Okay, anyway, Sully, thanks, man. I appreciate it.
4: All right, hey, it's great talking to you guys. Um, the you show too. sounds great tonight, and um, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, t- I'll hopefully see you all soon. Okay, thanks, man. All right, bye-bye. He's not listening. Come on. No.
0: Come that's on, why, Sully. That's why it sounds great. <laughs> He's like, the show sounds great, and uh, <clears throat> whatever. Um, anyway, so uh, a few other people who won, a few friends of the show. Society won a bronze, an American-style stout with something called the Vulcanist. Volcanist, I don't know. Uh, Beachwood Blendery, uh, our friend Julian over at Beachwood Brewing in Long Beach. You know they have the sour program now, which I thought was interesting because they've been around for like six months or something like that. The Blendery, yeah. Wow, really? I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're relatively brand new, so they won a silver in wow. Belgian style lambic or sour ale. Still don't know what it was. <laughs> Either uh, one. Yeah, Bagby Beer won with their Bo Pills, a sweet ride. I didn't note the uh, the my metal. Favorite beer. That was such a good yeah. beer, man. That's why they I bring it that up, at right?
5: Ales for ales here in in at Faction.
0: Yeah. I just fell in love with that beer. It's such a good beer, man. Yeah. Such a good beer. The Pope Hills was great. Um, of course, Sven at Kinetic in Lancaster, he won a bronze for their chocolate beer, their fourth cool. an- in the chocolate beer category. There you go, Sven. Yeah. For his fourth anniversary beer. Nice. Uh Flat Tail, of course. Uh, Handsome Dave. Yeah, Dave, uh, uh, Damn Wild is the um, is the beer. You won a bronze and mixed Brett beer. Uh, our friends at Chuckanut, they won gold for Hellas. Yeah. Uh, of course. And then uh, Firestone, one gold for double barrel ale for their ordinary special, in the ordinary special bitter category. And, of course, uh, Heretic Brewing Company, Shallow Grave, Silver. Nice. Robust Porter category. I don't know, I just wanted to take some time and uh, and acknowledge these folks that have been all nice to us over the years. So and there's there's you know, look, there's more. I know like Fieldwork one yeah. uh yeah. a beer yeah. and uh, Central you know.
5: Coast one. Uh, Iron Springs, uh won
1: a beer. Yeah.
0: yeah. There was and, tons uh, of people.
1: Arnie at Marin won. Arnie won?
5: No really. Yeah.
0: I got i looked at yeah. this stupid yeah. list three times and I missed that.
3: I think Noble picked something up too.
0: Noble did, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Well, uh, the craziest thing, though, so I know at the GABF, uh, they announced Fatheads um, in Philadelphia, um, Ohio. Ohio? Yeah. In Ohio uh, as uh, winning uh, medium sized brewery of the year. Yes. Um, and then I guess the BA called them the next day and was like, well, we actually made a mistake.
1: <laughs> oh, no. It ha- it's,
0: it's, so now Carl Strauss won that category. Um, and so this is. Uh, from you know. Matt Cole, who we've talked to, he goes, It's very confusing. Uh, he explained that companies like his with multiple locations are required by the rules to compete at the level of their largest location. So even though the North Olmsted uh, location of Fatheads is a large brew pub, it had to compete as a mid sized brewing company, as did Fatheads Brewery in nearby Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Uh, Fatheads also has a brew pub in Portland, Oregon. Um, had he been able to enter North Olmsted as a large brew pub as he tried to do, his metal hall would have made it GABS large brew pub and large brew, uh large brew pub and brewer of the year um, but that wasn 't it He says all of us with the Great American Beer Festival and the Brew Association deeply regret the air the ba said about the reassigning the mid <laughs> i like that 's a good word reassigning the mid-sized Brewing company award. So
1: then was it fatheads Heads' fault for checking the wrong box? I don't know. Uh, this article says Mr.
0: Cole call. said he will be talking to trade group officials about the issue on Monday and hopes to involve other breweries so such a situation doesn't happen. He says, I think I have a legitimate beef. So he sounds a little pissed um, in wanting each brewery or brew pub to be judged according to its actual size. Uh I, I don't know. Like and and, and you know, forgive me, I, I tried to read the article and I just I kinda didn't understand it. But it sounds like no, the guy who really happened to didn't understand it either. So So um, you, know, you
5: compete in the category of the smaller? No, the largest, largest one format is the so, category. So like when Silly says he had ten beers in the in the in the in the competition, he had five from his small outlet competing as a large
1: is that right? Well, so so he got ten entries—one for the or five for the pub, five for the production brewery. Pub competed it, as a large. All, well, all of Twenty First Amendment's points would have gone towards competing in the large brewery category. Well, not then they got ten
5: chan- They got ten chances to make points in that category.
0: I think part of it was
5: instead of five
1: for
0: a real just a large brewery. So they're saying uh, apparently they had um, uh, misclassified itself as a brew pub instead of a brewing company. Oh. Oh. Um, and I guess Matt is not stoked about that. Delineation he wants to be a brewery whatever, I guess. Instead of a brewing company, or maybe the other way around. I honestly, I, I don't know. It'd be cool to talk to him about it. Um, you know, my but on, I just read this like an hour before the show, so I knew you know, I wouldn't you get. You know, my,
5: my on my on scene experience was that they didn't announce it the next day; they did it that night during the award ceremony. Oh, really? So I'm sitting behind the. Uh, oh, they did the uh, Carl Strauss people.
0: Yeah,
5: they won four medals, so they were up for a something of the year kind of thing, some yeah, size, yeah. medium, small, and large, and the category that they thought they were in, they lost, and then they came, and then later on they named category maybe the same exact same one or something similar, and they won, they went up and got plaques. Hmm, that's my like
0: I mean, it it to was on of me. the on the scene. Kind yeah, of. so I wow. think they might have caught it. Oh, that's okay. That, well, that makes sense because I don't think Matt was there. I don't think he was at no, the... No, he wasn't there. Yeah, no, so that's it, but why... But went up to get but, the award. But that's why the article said that he got the call. Oh, I see. So they... I anyway, guess, that's just my, yeah. own, my it, being their experience. Wow. You know? yeah. I they, can't imagine that. They were so confused. Struss, they, got
5: up, they got up and were like, wait a minute, I thought we lost. We won. Yeah.
0: yeah so Carl Strauss went up on
1: stage and yeah, up, up their Yeah, then they went up subsequently, yeah. It's he met hard. with a box of
5: plaques. Oh. I don't
0: know. Wow. Right in front of me there. Did they say fat heads on the back? Yeah, right. We'll get some new shit later. yeah. Maybe they're empty boxes I don't know <laughs> yeah, That would be amazing That guy's really strong Look, he's carrying pinched, five I, shit. I
5: don't know <laughs> What? <laughs> what? It's ten that's o'clock th- in the morning
0: That's weird I don't know Hangover Speaking of having a hangover, uh, homebrewers, are you in for a special treat? White Labs has been collecting yeast strains from all around the world for more than 20 years and keeping them locked away until now. Through the Vault program, you have an opportunity to order new, creative, and unique strains from White Labs that have rarely, if ever, been available on a commercial scale. Check out the full lineup of strains available by visiting whitelabs.com forward slash vault and put your pre-order in today. Don't wait. Do not wait to do it. Um, unless you can't have two windows open, so finish this show and then do it. But otherwise, don't, don't, don't wait. Uh, your order could push the next strain into production, which would be pretty cool. Um do that one oh speaking of the the uh uh white labs uh speaking of the let's see let me how do i segue this taste what are we speaking of i don't know uh speaking mean, of, the of gabf which is put on by the brewers association yeah, but is also owned uh, the aha uh, yeah, so own thing too right yeah. um have you did you guys use the the brew guru app when you were out in GABF? I, uh, no you forgot. I was a guy. I That's was a sorry. guy. Who had an expense card. I don't care what it costs. <laughs> so <laughs> that you're like, fuck it. I don't oh, need I, a, I don't need a ten percent off yeah, wings. You had the mistakes. BN credit card. No, fuck it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, next time you go out and about, the Brew Guru app can do a tons for you. It's built for homebrewers and beer lovers. Brew Guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. The American Homebrewers Association designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer lovers explore the wide world of beer that we all. share. Share. With Brew Guru, you can effortlessly find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. Level up your brew IQ with handpicked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Homebrewers Association and Zymergy Magazine. And use the powerful brewery locator to find bre- nearby breweries, taprooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, uh, all that kind of stuff. Get the, path, uh, get the app today, excuse me, and it's free for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. Uh, basically, just hook that up. With your uh, AHA membership, man, and you're good to go.
5: It's great it's, it's cool when you're traveling, because you can turn it on. It'll send you like, you know, messages saying there's a, a discount near, near you.
0: Yeah, it's cool. You just push it right to your phone,
5: man. It's yeah, crazy. You, you click on it and it brings up the discount. What you get and, show, and it shows your membership card. It shows the server. It's right there. Right. And here's the deal. It'll me
0: fifteen percent. Right now, you owe right me. Now. You owe me this right now. Do it. All right. I think we're ready to go I think we're ready to leave yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. Eat some tacos or something? Mm. Tacos in mm. here, bud? Mm. Taco Monday You have to go get them? Right. I'm pretty thirsty What are you going to have?
5: i have another of the uh, Bagby and really good
0: That's what I had And I think I might have to have another Before I eat tacos and edit the show down And do all that fun stuff. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for sticking with me for the show. Uh, Thanks to Almanac for coming in.